797 for August 2023, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is a sax and guitar cover by artist Marco Vitale. You can check his YouTube channel out, and nice rendition, very good job. Before we get to our 25 best covers, I want to give you a heads up about patreon.com slash crawlspace. Uh, if you sign up, you can get some very cool perks like an exclusive Discord server for Patreon members, an exclusive podcast for Patreon members where we review Spider Satellite books like the Dan Slot book, Spider Boy, uh, the Venom books, the Symbiote books, etc. We review that each and every month. There is also Crawl Space merch, early access to podcasts, and behind-the-scenes info, etc., so, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. All right, let's get on with our episode. Hey, crawlspacers, happy birthday to the crawlspace. We're 25 years old uh, today, August 8th, 2023. I thought I'd bring a few friends in with me to uh, blow out some crawlspace candles. My man JR is with me. What's going on, JR? Fur, fur, fur. All right, 25 Are you having years. a seizure? What's wrong with you? Are you okay? <laughs> The only, well, I tell you, Brad, 25 years, the only thing that's lasted longer in my life is my marriage. Uh, oh. So, uh, my, this has lasted longer than my marriage. I just uh, turned 18. Oh, my marriage. Wow. that's crazy. You're devoted um, more to Spider Man than your wife. <laughs> Let's talk to a swinging bachelor. Uh, George, what's going on, George? Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. There you go. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How is everybody? Fellas, what's going on? 25 years. What were y'all doing in 1998? On August 8th. I was uh, filming. I was putting the last touches on my movie and getting ready to uh, premiere it in Dallas. That's awesome. I was in college learning about HTML from a pop-up ad from GeoCities. Good God. (laughs) How about you, JR? Was that my dead lover, George? That was my dead lover. Yes, okay. wow. I have seen that movie. How did you see that? Oh, was it, oh when it back when it was on iFilm when we were yeah Hero Realm you you posted it or something or did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I re- I remember we emailed back and forth about it, and I said the uh, I liked the um, there was one young lady there who was uh, kind of a psycho or something or other, and and she, I said, boy, I really liked her. <laughs> That was uh, that was uh, Jana, who later went on to be Hero Realm Girl. Adam West also liked her. Couldn't take oh. his eyes off her, if you get what I mean. <laughs> uh, the chat wants to know where they can watch George's movie, Gary and the Frozen. It used to be up on a site called iFilm back in the day. And I looked at it. Uh, oh, God. I've looked at it several times back then, and it's it's apparently been deleted off of there since then. 
So I guess they were like, well, you know, I don't know if they sent me emails and were like, hey, are you still alive? Is this thing still relevant or whatever? But I'm glad no one can see it anymore. That's what uh, Google's doing with the old accounts. Like, hey, you still use this thing? If not, we're deleting it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> JR, the uh, the main character in that movie, the guy that played the grave robber. Yeah. He has actually gone on and become an independent film director. And uh, like his second movie had Mira Sorvino in it. Like he directed wow. Mira Sorvino. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and by the way, folks, George does not have a beard in this movie. He oh is, no, <laughs> he is he is clean shaven. Nice, was, you know. I was George the Shorn. He kind of talks like this, you know. He kind of affects a deep growly voice. We uh, we have Winnipeg Webhead in 1998. He was negative four. Uh, Heroing says uh, happy 25th crawl space. Uh, Milo says hello, George. Trayvon says happy 25th crawl space. Uh, Spider-Man is a lot easier than our wives, Jr. is what uh, Mr. Comics says. I don't know what that means. Well, uh, Spidey's uh, a lot easier to get along with. He doesn't talk about Oh, Jr. the true Goblin King. Happy birthday, Crawl Space. Where's my damn cake? <laughs> Shouldn't we be having cake? Uh, no, you went to uh, my website and I gave you a cookie. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Come on. God. Come on. Brad, Brad, people pay for your, for your site. They do. You have Patreon members. Why would you do. do that kind of humor? Uh, that they enjoy humor. that kind of humor. I, oh I, evidently. Oh my god. <laughs> now I just oh think god. it makes them feel better about themselves because they say, "Well, at least I'm funnier than that guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cut the corn, Brad. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, there was a time that George did not have the beard. I kind of figured George just came out with the beard. <laughs> In that uh, in that movie, yeah, I, I was I was shorn, and uh, I actually had a full head of hair. Um, Jr. is one of the few amongst you that has ever seen me with hair. Mister Comics, I come for Spider Man. Stay for the Brad Dad jokes. Well, thank you, Mister Comics. There's plenty to be had. As George has said in the past, it is my mutant power. The power of the pun is yeah. lots of fun. Yes. Stop. Stop. <laughs> what do you hammer? Can't no. touch this. Stop hammer time. Um, we're going to do uh, 25. Of oh, our wait. But hey, before yeah. we jump into yes. this. Okay. Let me, let me talk to you on a on a personal level, Brad. Okay. Let's get real here at the crawl space for a little bit if we can. All right. Okay. Because this is a. a is is a this quarter. an intervention? This is. Uh, <laughs> no, it's an inter It's an interview. Oh, okay. I've, I've, I've tried to give you interventions before on like buying variants and other crap. It's not worked. So I've, I've given, I will never do a intervention for you, but, um, I mean, this is, this is a quarter century. Yeah. Brad. Yes. A quarter, I, you know, wars have lasted longer than this site has been alive, <laughs> you know? And, um, um, when you, when you first, because this, this, yeah, as you said earlier, this predates you getting hitched. It does. Um, at the time, you know, you're, you're tossing it around your mind. Should I do this? Should I not pros cons? What do I want to do? Do I want to, do I want to embark on this? Number one, did you ever think a quarter century? No, it's still be going on. No, um, never. Number, you know, <laughs> number two, did you ever think, you know, someday, you know, I'll have a thing and people can pay me for the cost for this thing. No. I was looking for Marvel fans. Uh, I didn't have any in high school. I didn't have any kids that uh, I talked to that read comics in high school. 
um, I was looking for someone to talk about the books I read. And little did I know, 25 years later, everyone's a Marvel fan. Everyone. Now, they don't actually read the comics, probably, but they at least know the character. They know the movies, etc. You can talk Marvel to most anyone these days. And that that led you to uh, top-notch, you know, top-shelf talent uh, like myself and, and JR. Well, um, I, I put together the cast I could. <laughs> how how many times do you sit around thinking, God, how lucky am I to have JR and George? Um, well, to really carry the show for me. No, I, I just so, thought of it now. No, I'm just kidding. So, 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 so many times that he can't spit it out. It's just overwhelming. <laughs> I like what Thomas Bagley says in honor of the crawl space 35th anniversary, Brad Jordan's JR will be played by holograms, just like Spidey's 35th celebration. So, there Could you go. Be. If they make we'll, have, hologram- we'll have AI, I'll have AI hosts oh, God. and co-hosts and panelists. Of course, by, by then I'll be 70 and I don't know that I'll be, uh, I don't know if I'll be around at 70. Yeah. There's a good chance. JR and I are going to be in the ground. Before <laughs> and in, in 25 years, yeah, okay. I'm already I'm already 51, Douglas. I'll I'll be I'll be in my 70s. Yeah, I'm not in the prime of my life. What are you, Sinatra? No, I, I, are I, you I, in the September would, of your years? <laughs> no. Well, actually, no. Technically, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. But no, I was just looking for friends, and I found them with you two and many many others. And I'm very glad that uh, 25 years later, you guys are on the path with me. I have one more question. Yeah. Um, out of all the people that you've spoken to, you know, from Spider-Man history, uh, you know, Sal Buscema, DeFalco, Stan Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which has been the most, uh, not surprising or best, but which one have, has been the most satisfying and why is the answer me? <laughs> well, with the exception of George. Um, before I started the website, I, I had met and talked to Stan Lee. So the obvious answer would be Stan Lee, but he predates the website. I met him before 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I met him in Chicago. Uh, I guess, I guess I would say like 1993 or 94 and he was walking and I came up and I shook his hand and I said, Stan, thank you for so many years of entertainment. I, I appreciate it. And he says, thanks kid. And he walked on. <laughs> that was, <laughs> but I shook his that hand and I'm like, brand. Oh my God, my life's not going to get any better. And, and, and it didn't, no, I'm just kidding. It did. <laughs> but, uh, the one thing that I will never forget and the Sabi Sima show is up there. However, when I was a kid in the 1980s, Spider-Man and his amazing friends was my favorite cartoon and having the ability to get the voice actor of Spider-Man and the voice actress of Firestar together and do a recording with those two. Uh, the, the little seven-year-old kid that watched Amazing Friends would never have believed it. So I think that one was one of my favorites. And a close second is reuniting uh, a couple cast members from the Spider-Man live-action show. Uh, Nicholas Hammond and Ellen Bree together for the first time in 40 years on the crawl space. I mean, that was cool. Uh, that one, the... Um, the Amazing Friends show was back when we just did audio. Uh, I'm, I think I need to have those two back so we can do video like that. <laughs> uh, because I'll just pass out. And if, if Iceman comes along, Fred Welker, which would be a big gift. Frank. 
his name is Frank, not Fred. I didn't so, say Fred. I said Frank, you, didn't I? You said, you said Fred. So I suggest you call him Frank if <laughs> you're trying to get an interview with him. Maybe I should get ice. I'll just call him Bobby Drake, okay? He's going to be like, I don't know who the, head, who the hell Fred is. <laughs> Fred Walker. <laughs> oh, my God. No, if I get all three spider friends together, that would be an epic show. But the, the spider friends episode is big on my list. And, and the, uh, the 1970s live action Nicholas Hammond Alan Bree show was high up. I, th- I think uh, as as a uh, someone who started off as a fan first, uh, and then became part of the show, my favorite thing that you've done uh, on par like that was was Sabu Sima's birthday. Oh yeah, and then and then you had brought on Stan, and I I remember listening to that, and I just I was like ah. <laughs> well, getting, Stan was so good. Oh, he didn't know he we were recording. I don't think because he was a little off the. What is what, off the uh, default stand? He was cussing a little bit, like, "Oh, Sal, hell, hell, are you?" But I like that though, because it's like you know, you get the you get the real guy, right? Yeah, we got the real guy. It was so, and cool. he was funny. He brought the funny. He did. He bring. He brought the funny. And rest in peace, Stan. Rest in peace, Stan. Yeah. All right. Let me. Uh, any other questions, George? Thank you for doing that. By the way, that was very nice. No, I well, I usually do it. You know, around yeah. anniversaries. You know, I, I think I, you did I that to... on the twentieth anniversary or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do it a lot. I, I talk too much. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, what this show is, what we're going to do, we're going to do live callers on Saturday. Uh, but I thought for the 25th, let's do something different. Let's do something fun. We started the celebration off the other day, Friday night, with uh, Marv Wolfman, the interview. So go back on the YouTube if you haven't listened to that. Uh, he, he told me something I didn't know, the origin of Jessica Drew's name and the origin of Felicia Hardy's name. So if you haven't. Uh, listen to that episode. It's in there. I've never heard that online. So I thought that was cool. Uh, I thought for the 25th anniversary, we would share. Cause you guys give me a hard time about how I love covers and how I mean, co- in fairness, we'll give you a hard time about everything. Well, every damn thing. Yes. Yeah. But covers, I thought what would make a fun show of sharing our favorite 25 in order in, in celebration of the crawl space to our favorite 25 Spider-Man covers of all time. So what we're going to do, and I'll go first, and we'll, we're going to have JR go second, and George is the cl- closer. Uh, he's going to, we all picked out 25 different images of our favorite Spider-Man covers. We're going to show them. <clears throat> we'll talk about the artist and wh- why we love these covers so much. And we're going to go like a David Letterman top 10 list, only it's a David Letterman top 25 hey, list. Hang on, it's- you just contradicted yourself because the instructions we were given. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, on Facebook, which Jr. can no longer see because he is a Luddite technophobe. He, it wasn't on MySpace, so he didn't see it. But uh, you had said the last one was supposed to be like uh, mm-hmm. like the one we, we didn't like. Mm-mm. Yes, you no, did. The- you you put that up on Facebook. I mean, I ignored it, but you put okay. it up on Facebook. <laughs> no, it we- didn't make any sense to me because I'm like, at what point on this scale do we start going into things that suck? I don't know. I, maybe it was a typo. And- and, but and number the, one is the one that we love the most. Okay. So, all yeah, right. No, I, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I get you. I'm just saying I like all these covers because the, the homework assignment didn't make any sense to me. I was <laughs> like, well, well, at what point do I move from, hey, I like this to, oh, boy, yeah. you know, this isn't great. Here's my second favorite cover of all time. And here's the number one that sucks the most. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Uh, no, so, hang on, hang on. Let me uh, no. let me see this. Uh, Let's oh. do it by number twenty-five. Your least favorite of the group. Uh, oh. oh, you know what? That no, I, 
Brad, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, take back my attack. Is on. it a gift? Are you taking back your criticism? <laughs> well, I, I think in this in this sense, it's on me since you're like, let's do it by number twenty five, your least favorite of the 25. of the group. But you didn't actually say number twenty five would be one that you think sucks. So that was me misinterpreting oh, your instructions, okay. Brad. I'm Brad. I'm sorry. It's come here, come here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, Texas, that's all right. All right, let's get this show rolling, all right? Let's get some covers up, all right? Uh, my 25th favorite cover is from a man that we just talked about. Uh, let me get this over here and so you guys can see it. Uh, not many people talk about this cover. Uh, I just love it back in the day. I'm not going to put it up just yet. Back in the day, I used to get subscriptions through Marvel. They used to arrive in the mailbox in a paper brown paper sack. They were small, so they couldn't have been a Playboy. But uh, the mailbox, they were held together with a two pieces of tape on the top and the bottom. And this one, when it came out of the brown paper sack, I said, oh, man, I love that one. So this is Spectacular Spider-Man number 142 by Sal Buscema. Look at that perspective. That was a good story, too. It was. Spider-Man looks just defeated by Tombstone. The perspective going down by Sal is just so, so good. Um, came out, looks like in 1988, Spectacular Spider-Man 142, action in Atlanta. I Atlanta also, down there. I also have a Sal cover in my, uh, oh. in, my, in my choosings. Very good. So that is my 25th favorite cover. You guys like, George, you like that one? And JR, you like that one? I like it because it it reminds me of uh, one of those because I often say spectacular and and like the off books a lot of times you would find better personal stories yep in the off yep. books than you were finding in amazing yep. things that and things that were significant not just you know throwaway Absolutely. stuff like oh hey Randy likes marshmallows not like that right? <laughs> um, and this was one of them you know that dealt with Robbie and yep. I've I've always enjoyed uh, enjoyed the Tombstone Robbie stuff it's always just I, it's worked for me. I've always been into it. It's compelling. Uh, nice comment from here. Lord president says that, uh, I remember first listening to the crawl space and visiting frequently in the eighth grade. I've graduated college and moved out on my own since then. And the crawl space has been there. So we, 25 years is a long time, Lord president. So thanks for being with us. Quarter so, century. It turns out it is. All right. My 24th is a John Romita senior cover. Mm. Uh, again, Look at the detail behind Spider-Man and the Vulture. Amazing Spider-Man Volume 164. The Vulture's Prey is my 24th favorite cover. Uh, you can't this is this is uh when Ramita is hitting his stride. Uh he was trying to emulate uh Ditko because he was replacing him. Uh, but this is when Ramita says, you know what? I'm gonna make it my book now. I'm gonna give it what I've got. This is the spin I got on it. And his stuff around this time is just amazing, literally. So, any thoughts on that one, fellas? You yeah, like that good. one too? It's a good one. All right, my twenty-third is this one from I, I think is that Ross Andrew or is that Gil Kane? I think that's Ross Andrew. Um, um I think I think it probably yeah, I think it probably is Ross. I think Andrew. it's Ross Andrew. Jr. for the win, Ross Andrew. I I, I would guess so, but uh. Yeah. I'm not sure. The, the or issue, is it Ramita? I think it's I think it's a little bit of Ramita and a little bit of Ross Andrew personally. Uh, but Amazing Spider-Man 178, Aunt May again in the hospital. Mary Jane 
is uh, got a rag on her head, trying to cool her temperature. And outside, you got Spidey fighting Bart Hamilton, right, Jr. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the Bart Hamilton. That's uh, right. Green Goblin. Uh, some right. of the best Spider-Man stories are when his personal life interferes with his superhero life. And that is sums it up on that cover. I remember as a kid, I couldn't wait to uh, read that one. That one came in a three pack back when Marvel put three comic books in one little bag you could buy for under a dollar. I think this one came with a Hulk and a Captain America comic. And I loved all three. These three comics deep. for under, under a what, buck, under, I think under, under a buck. And nowadays, Nowadays, they put yeah. three comics into a bag. It's going to cost you probably like 10 or 12. <laughs> a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> and and more coming in the fourth quarter of this year. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, Prices are going up to four ninety nine. dollars Spider-Man books. You believe that, George? Uh, you know. They yeah. have been three ninety nine for a decade, though. I mean, that's a pretty long run, but still. Well, well but some of them have, but then other ones have been four ninety nine, And then some of them have been like 10 bucks. Wow. Sometimes the point is it's not so much how much it costs, but is it worth what you're paying for? And there's definitely a threshold on what a what a comic book is worth. Even a decent comic yeah. book, five yeah. bucks is pushing it. <laughs> really All right. My- I, mean, I mean, here's the thing, though, Jared. They know that that you guys will buy ten dollars. Yeah. You guys we have in the past. Yep. Yeah. My 22nd favorite cover is a Ditko. Amazing Spider-Man number 18. I didn't actually see this one on the newsstand. I saw it in Marvel Tales. And uh, when I saw this one, I'm like, why is Spider-Man a coward? Why is he hiding uh, in an alley away from the Sandman? I could not believe that my favorite hero was a coward. And that made me buy the book and read it. Wasn't this the issue where uh, Sandman had uh, punched Spider-Man in the the Tic Tacs? Well, that doesn't narrow it down. And that, that's why he was like hiding out in, a, in an alley. Like, oh, God, I don't want to take another shot to the croutons. Only oh, the croutons. Only Mighty Marvel would attempt uh, such a tale. The end of Spider-Man, the story you never expected to read. Why does Spider-Man cringe in helpless fear as the evil Sandman stalks the city streets? Be prepared for countless surprises. This is a great dramatic offbeat issue. So I just, I that one has a good, a lot of these may not be visually the best, but they have emotional things with me. And I it takes me back to a time to the spinner rack and saying, wow, I've got to read that now. I've got to plop down the 60 cents or whatever Marvel Tales was. Yeah. So that's my 22nd. 21. Again, this one came in the mail. This is Web of Spider-Man number 32. Uh, this is part four. You see this one homaged a lot. Spider-Man coming out of the grave that Craven uh, planted him in. Uh, web 32, Mike Zek, JMD Mateus writing it. Um, just love that cover. Um, just Mike Zek is one of my favorites. Um, and I've got another Mike Zek on my list coming up. It, it, it was a good story. It, it was, was. Good, it was a good story with, uh, an unfortunate legacy. I think it, uh, was the first time that the same writer and artist did all three Spider-Man titles in the same month. So you had three chapters each month for two months together. So and then you was had ex- a, you've had a lot of writers come back and try to you know clumsily ape this. Oh yeah, throughout yeah. the years. But yeah, this one arrived in the mailbox. Could not read it fast enough. Love this one. My twentieth favorite cover is another Romita Senior. Um, this one uh, I heard about. 
through the editor's pages, editor's notes. Remember when Gwen Stacy died in 121? I didn't actually have the Marvel Tales. I had to go to a comic show and buy this. Oh, oops, and, spoilers. Oh, sorry. 50, <laughs> no, 50 I'm years sa- later. No, no, I'm saying you got spoiled. <laughs> I know, right? But again, the, the floating heads, uh, who's going to die? It's a turning point. Someone's going to die. Who's it going to be? I can't imagine back in what, 1973, uh, that anyone would suspect Gwen. So, uh, um, I think, I think most people's money was probably on, uh, on Randy. Yeah. You know, just because Ra- out of all the characters that have been around forever and are more well-known, you know, Randy's kind of sticking out like a sore thumb there going, hey, I don't really make, you know, matter all that. JR, much. did you pick this up off the stands in 73? No, I did too early. Not. Just, it was about a year too early before I started uh, collecting full time. Yeah. Plus um, he was on his third divorce by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I had, All I had time. too many alimony yeah. checks going. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> uh, I was tempted with the issue after it, but this one I think is just a little bit more iconic. Uh, personally, it may be on someone else's list. 122, but 121, I think is. I got one favorite. close to it, but it's not that one. Yeah. All right. My 19th favorite com- cover is issue 100. Uh, by John Romita senior, uh, again, just a beautiful pose of Spider-Man, uh, and the floating heads of his cast over the last hundred issues. Um, this one's been homaged so many times, but, uh, the master John Romita did such a good job. on it. So. Um, any thoughts on that one, fellas? Well, no, that is a great cover. I mean, uh, beautiful. And uh, I've seen they've done, you know, what variations of it, like what Doc Ock, when he became Spider-Man or whatever, they did that him in that particular uh, pose, I think, or with that background or something like that. So, yeah. Love that think- one. All right. My 18th favorite cover is my most recent one that uh, I put up here. Volume, what, six <laughs> of Spider-Man uh, Legacy number 856. This is by Patrick Gleason. Uh, it's the spider, uh, forming the web and the shape of Spider-Man's torso and, and head. Uh, I actually like that one so much. I recently got an Apple watch and that is the image on my Apple watch. I love that image so much. I should have bought the poster. Uh, but, um, that's my most recent. And you know, one thing fellows that they do nowadays, they, the covers often don't tell you what's inside. It's more of a pinup. What can they repurpose this image for, for calendars or t-shirts or et cetera? Um, this is an example of that, I think. Uh, but, um, anyway, um, I thought you, you guys like this one, don't you? I mean, this is a modern classic. I like Gleason's art, but I don't have anything in here on my list. I think from like the two thousands onward. (laughs) I may yeah. be wrong, but I don't think I do. Jay, are you getting modern stuff, or is this the most modern we'll do tonight? No, no, no. I do, I do. I don't oh, want to. Don't want to spoil anything, but okay. uh, yeah, I do. Got it. Oh, I have a. I do have a modern comic on here. My bad. Okay. All right, my seventeenth favorite book is uh, John Romita Junior. Uh, back in nineteen ninety nine, Howard Mackey and John Romita Junior relaunched Peter Parker Spider Man. Um, the interior wasn't as good as the cover, I thought, <laughs> but I love. This shot of Spider-Man above New York, just on a giant web. I've always liked this from 1999. Um, I actually have this in the crawl space admin. I've never changed it because I just love this picture so much. But um, uh, Spider-Man 
And the, and this one was so much better than the burn one. The burn one on amazing wasn't as good as this one, I think, personally. But, all right. So my 16th favorite cover is our pile Sal. Uh, on, on my second Sal Buscema cover uh, that I love from Spectacular Spider-Man number 200. This was a foil variant. The webs in the background had foil. Um, just an all-around classic Spider-Man tale, too, inside the cover. It's a beautiful cover. It is. It is. I. You guys miss the little, um, the foil and the gimmicky stuff. I. Ca- I mean, that, that, no, I thought it was kind of cool. No, a, you don't. I didn't. They're, ca- they're kind of bringing it back with the silver f- covers. Well, they're of like nine they are. bucks though. They, they know they can charge you ten or twelve dollars for them, and you'll buy them. Yeah, I mean, that, that's. But what about the so holograms on the thirtieth anniversary? I thought those were cool. Eh, I, I, I could take them or leave them. They didn't. I, I didn't go, wow, look at this. I was just like, eh, okay. I, really, I, I, I don't like the holograms that much because it's like, oh, okay. Oh, there's Spider-Man. There he is. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta turn your head. <laughs> yeah. to, to me, gimmicky stuff. And yeah. I, don't, I don't count like the tinfoil in the background as gimmicky. I mean, that's just uh, on this one. I didn't, I didn't look at that and consider it gimmicky. But like stuff like, you know, like the one where Aunt May died, you know, and you had the hologram on the cover and then the, you had the holograms on the other covers. Well, the, the one Aunt May died was a tombstone that she had to bend back. Oh, yeah. The tombstone. Yeah. She, well, yeah, that's yeah. still a gimmicky cover. Though. It is. It is. Yeah. But but to me, gimmicky covers, you know, and DC was doing them, too, back in the 90s. Yeah, they sold. They did. They sold. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, if the story is good enough, you don't have to have a damn gimmick to sell the book. It's true. It's true. It's true. So, so when I see gimmicky covers, that more... That usually tells me, ah, this is probably a spare story, yeah. you know? Not this one, though. This is an all-time no, Spider-Man classic. Spec not this one. 200. This That's one my favorite. 16th favorite cover. Number 15, another Romita classic, ASM 50, with Spider-Man looking back at Peter Parker walking away from a Spider-Man no more. Uh, just the colors and the shading, and it's minimal. I mean, there's not much on there. It's just your eyes dead center the two characters that look like they're splitting up and that is indicative of what's going on inside the book so uh, oh, this one's been homaged a lot even his son Ramita C- Jr. has homaged this recently on a variant so all right my 14th favorite cover is another Ramita are you noticing a theme the wedding issue I picked the one with Peter over the one with Spider-Man and the heroes because I think this one Spider-Man's sp- supporting cast I mean well, at the time, I mean, yeah. Spider-Man's Peter Parker is getting married, not Spider-Man. Exactly. You know, right, and right. so the the wedding with all the superheroes and everything, that didn't really make any sense because none of right. these people know who Peter Parker is or that he's getting married. None of them were at the right. wedding. By the way, who is this guy with gray hair by Aunt Anna? Who is that guy? I'm just now noticing that. Uh, see the preacher? No, preachers, preachers don't wear bow ties. George, who's this guy next to Aunt Anna? I don't know. TV's Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> I don't think I chat. Bob who is Keaton? this guy? Help me out, chat. Who's that guy next to Aunt Anna over there by Liz and, and Harry? Should be Colonel Sanders. Maybe Colonel Anna Sanders. Yeah, Sanders. Winnipeg. And That'd be that's not that's Kane. Aunt Anna's boy toy. What? <laughs> Ooh. It's uh, it's the guy that played Larry Tate from Bewitched. <laughs> Anna's plus one. 
Uh, and and George, Larry, he played, not only did he play Larry Tate, he also played J. Jonah Jameson in the first uh, CBS Spider-Man movie. And I it's cannot remember his name. And I, I saw David so many, White. David I, White. Wow. That would make sense. He had, you know, shocking white hair. Well, he, was was definitely, he was definitely one of those uh, identifiable character actors from the 60s and 70s. Definitely. Uh, Larry was always one of my favorite on, uh, on Bewitched. Because oh, like he's any- the judge who married the couple in the story. Okay, thanks, Jay. Anytime you saw, uh, anytime you saw Larry on Bewitch, you know, you know, something funny was about to go down. <laughs> All right, my thirteenth favorite cover is a Ramita Junior cover, uh, ASM two thirty eight of the Hobgoblin ripping the costume in half, and you're wondering who is this mysterious new character that looks a lot like the Green Goblin. Uh, this one off the spinner rack is where I bought that one. Um, and I was a dummy and I ripped out the lakeside skin tattoos that were inside of it because I'm like, I wonder if these tattoos were, <coughs> I was like seven, eight, uh, little did I know it decreased the value, but, uh, uh, if memory serves, when you open that book, it's John Romita jr. And his dad is doing the inks. So just, it's such a classic style when you open <coughs> 238, bless you. And this cover, again, has been homaged a lot, but love ASM 238. My 12th favorite cover, Hulk. Here comes the Hulk. Um, Amazing Spider-Man Annual number three, where the Avengers were like, hey, you want to join the Avengers? Go whoop the Hulk's ass. Yeah, those guys were jerks. You don't need to be on that team, Spidey. But man, made for a fun story, made for a fun cover. I love this because Spider-Man shows up. And, yeah. and, and after they find him after, uh, like, um, uh, they saw, they found daredevil first. Yeah. I always loved this because they threw the daredevil thing in just to like, kind of put their thumb down on daredevil a little bit. I was like, why do you guys hate daredevil? Yeah. But th- like they find daredevil, like, Oh, daredevil. Thank God we find you. Yeah. We need your help. This is urgent. We need to find Spider-Man cause we're trying to make him an Avenger and daredevil's probably, you know, like, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> what, what am I, you know? <laughs> and so yeah then they find spider-man and they're like yeah we like you know we're thinking about letting you in and spider-man's like all right whose ass do i beat first <laughs> the whole literally, literally that's how he is whose ass mm-hmm. do i beat first and then he just starts fighting all of them mm-hmm. and the, the only the only reason that keeps going is because thor chooses to not get involved because he's probably yeah. amused yeah. i like what chat is doing they're predicting brad's gonna have asm 119 and 120 Brad's going to have uh, McFarlane ASM 328. You'll have to stay and find out if there's more Hulk. You know, George, I, I, I always thought about that too, you know, because I think Thor and Captain America are just kind of standing by. And I, 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 I always rationalized it as, you know, Tony Stark was kind of acting like a jerk as well, you know, and, uh, and, and I think they just kind of sat back and said, all right, let's just see how this plays out. You I, know? I, I I took it as kind of like maybe Thor and Captain America were like, you know what? Maybe let's let uh, somebody take Iron Man down a peg or two. He's kind of an <laughs> annoying asshole. Uh, how, about, how about we enjoy just sitting back and watching somebody beat his ass? <laughs> All right. Well, that's, my- a, that's the way he, yeah, he acted. He just, he, like he said, he just snapped at Spider-Man and said, you know, we could think better if you weren't down here, here breathing down our necks or something. And, yeah. you know, I'm thinking Thor said, all right, you asshole. We'll just see what this kid can do. <laughs> yeah. All right, number 11 for me is another Hulk, um, but Ditko. This one, again, we were talking about uh, emotional connections, and um, this one uh, was a Marvel Tales that I got. Uh, I was 
probably in the second grade or something like that. And my two favorite guys are on the cover and, um, I had to open it, uh, ASM 14, the first appearance of the goblin. Also the first time Spider-Man meets the Hulk. Um, I just, I'm just now realizing that it looks like this cover looks like, uh, looks like the green goblins trying to burn Spider-Man's wiener off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) damn. Well, there's the quote of the night. Yeah. While he, while he's flying on a phallic symbol himself. (laughs) Let's move on quickly. Uh, my (laughs) 10th, my 10th favorite, um, John Byrne cover, uh, uses of blacks and whites, uh, in this art, Peter Parker spec 100. Uh, the black costume looks so cool on this. I don't even remember what the story was about. This was an example. And, Uh, and this cover is incorrect. Why? Spider, the souls of Spider-Man's uh, black oh. costume were not were not white. They were black, weren't they? Yeah, they were black. But then that wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked here. Yeah, but just the use of colors, two colors in there. Well, they should have made that yellow text black and white too, shouldn't they? That yellow text just kind of throws it. But uh, John Byrne uh, again doing just a pinup. It had really nothing to do. I'm not even sure he's in the black costume in this issue. But this image is so iconic, such a beautiful. That cover. that is, I, yeah, and that, but that's definitely the black costume, though. Yeah. Because look at the spider on. Right, it's the symbiote he's wearing. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Okay, we're we're into the top ten. That was my number ten. Here comes number nine. Uh, my first Ron friends on the on the uh, the list. He ranks pretty high because I was all in it for the symbiote costume story. As JR well knows, and so does George, I love Secret Wars. And uh, he, I, just, he has, I suspect there's going to be a lot of friends on everyone's lists. Yeah. Friends is just amazing, literally. But this one, particularly, I love this one because he's literally what suits he going to wear? The black one's trying to kill him. The red one wants back. He's, he's uh, fighting between two costumes. So I just love the visual of this one. So, so good. They should have thrown the Fantastic Four paper bag costume in there, like choke holding him or something. <laughs> bag man choking him. <laughs> Can you imagine what the modern cover of this would be like? Like the thousands of co- different costumes trying to choke him? Like uh, he's worn over the years. Oh, yeah. You couldn't I mean, fit them all on one. At, well, the at the, the time, only person who could have fit them on one page would be George Perez. And unfortunately, true. he's passed on. But at the time, there were just two costumes for Spider-Man, and these were it. And this was the battle. I still uh, preferred it when there was just the one. Yeah, I'm, but the I'm, black I'm was cool at the time, though, wasn't it? Black. Yeah, at yeah. the time, the black was big news. It was. Because it was the first one, <laughs> because it was something that hadn't been done before. And now, today, it's been done 27 billion times. They keep going back to the well, man. They keep yeah. going back to the well. Yeah. That was my number nine. My number eight is Spectacular, the magazine from 1968 by John Romita Sr. Uh, a spotlight on um, Spidey in New York. Just, I, I think this is painted. I don't think this is pencil. I could be wrong. Well, even, even when it's painted, yeah. you know, there's usually, there's usually some penciling involved prior. Right. But this, uh, they wanted to hit a different market, Stan and, uh, John, they wanted to hit the magazine market. They wanted to sell, sell these books for 35 cents, put them next to what? I don't know. National Geographic life magazine. And no, things like uh, Crazy and Cracked, and uh, there was a lot of other companies putting out black and white mags back then that right. were like comics based. But you can't deny that cover jumps 
that jumps out at you. You got to get that off the newsstand. So I love that image. Plus, Numbers, when, plus when Marvel themselves did the black and white mag for uh, Savage Short of Conan, that thing was a huge success. Yeah. Love that one. My number seven is uh, McFarlane, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 316. I have a statue of this one. I love this one so much. Venom hovering over a Spider-Man with some blood on his fingers. Uh, Venom is back. I was a huge, am, am a huge Spider-Man McFarlane fan. And I just love this one because if memory serves, we saw him in issue 300. And then this was his second time coming around. And by that time, I was pumped to see the return of Venom. If you notice, the tongue is not uh, long. That uh, Eric Larson hasn't touched him yet. Uh, that sounds odd. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I love the hovering. This one has been homage so many times. Like a lot of these famous covers have been homage. But uh, I know George is not a big Venom fan. Neither is Jr. Um, but. Were you excited in, in 1989 when this came out? Were you excited to see Venom's second appearance? No. Was I excited to see Venom? That pretty much okay. I was. answers itself. Yeah. I was. All right. My number six favorite cover is ASM 300 by Todd McFarlane. Um, again, 25th anniversary. The uh, first, appearance, first full appearance of Venom. Uh, I got to see this at the Kansas City exhibit. I saw the original pencils for this, and it's just so beautiful. Uh, I love the spaghetti webbing, as they call it, uh, that McFarlane did. Uh, just a classic, classic pose of Spider-Man. It was, the webbing was so extra. You lo- is that a good thing or bad? I um, t- today, that's the kids, as the kids would say, that's that's kind of a negative connotation. I mean, I. There the original times. webbing is just a line with some slashes through it. That gives yeah. it a little, like it's spinning out of a tube, I think. I had, a lot of times I thought these were too busy. I thought they kind of distracted from what was going on. Like you, there is a point where you can get so much detail yeah. that, that visually you're getting pulled out of the story. Because you're like, noticing all these little things instead of following along what's going on in the story. Yeah. But that's my sixth favorite. Here comes number five. Yep, you guessed it. Hulk 3, uh, I'm sorry, Hulk 328. Amazing Spider-Man 328 with uh, Spider-Man punching the Hulk in the junk. Yeah, this uh, isn't your Hulk. <laughs> this isn't your Hulk podcast, Brad, that you've, it that isn't, you've, got, on, but, that you've uh, got on the side. This is. Uh, I love the Acts of Vengeance crossover. Uh, it pitted heroes against people that they don't normally fight. But um, I like the spin on this because I've been reading Hulk and Spidey fights for a long time. I've never seen Spidey so strong that he could take on the Hulk and win easily. I like that it had uh, Kevin Bacon in it. Kevin Bacon's in this? Plus the mutant oh, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw right Shaw, down there in the, yeah. in the bottom right. Um, Spidey punched him so far, uh, so hard <laughs> that he went up in orbit. Yep. Uh, ama- and the, I love when the logo gets smashed too. I think that's cool. The little corner box is shattered over on the left. Um, I love that one. I uh, could not wait. I think I bought two copies of that one. I was so excited. I remember. I remember wondering why the tongue's Hulk was green. Like, did he did he eat like a like a lime Slurpee or something before he fought Spider Man? Or maybe a, a, a apple Jolly Rancher. That'll do it. An apple's uh, not going <laughs> to color your tongue green. Yep. Brad uh, number four is 
Uh, Mike Zach, uh, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars number eight with the first cover appearance of the black suited Spider Man. Among the chaos, there comes a costume. Again, oh wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Was this the first or was 252 the first? You're right. 252 was the first cover. This one came out several months later. Yeah, because uh, we were like, what the hell is this thing? What's going right. on? Right. Yeah. And I was so excited for, I'm like, I got to find out the origin of the black suit. I got to find out the origin. This is it. Oh, look at this. I couldn't wait to read it. Little did yes. I know it came out of a, a soda dispenser. It, it, came, <laughs> it came out of a, of a, co- a little, coffee machine. Yeah, just a little, a little turd machine. that dropped out of a coffee machine. A little turd that dropped out of a... Medium uh, roast, dark roast, living being. Symbiote. If only Thor and the Hulk weren't such a jerk and they would have shown him where he could get a legitimate costume, we would have been spared so many uh, black costume and symbiotes over the years. Uh, that's damn my it, number four. Damn it, Hulk. Damn it, the word, damn it, Hulk. Uh, again, a lot of emotional ties with this one. This may not just be the coolest cover, but to me, uh, I loved it. Number three, again, emotional ties. Marvel team up annual number two, Spider-Man, the Hulk and Spider-Man holding the balls apart (laughs) on the cover. Wow. This was my first comic book. This is what started it. This is what made me love Spidey and Hulk. This, I saw Spider-Man on the television. I saw Hulk with Bill Bixby. I'm like, they have story. They have additional stories in these things called comic books. Yeah, this one did it. And I started at 75 cents. Uh, this was an expensive one back in 79. Well, as an annual, it wasn't annual. So it was thick and it had the Soviet super soldiers in it. If memory serves and guess who the artist inside this is, this is, uh, Al Milgram doing the cover, but guess who is the penciler inside our pal, Sal, our pal, Sal drew the first Spider-Man Hulk story I ever read. I didn't know that. Yep. And I think Chris Claremont wrote this. If memory serves, probably again, it was probably Claremont. This one, again, may not be the best visual, uh, but to me, this started the journey. This has the emotional connection for me. Number you, you just like Spider-Man holding apart big balls. I do. <laughs> and he was like, I got to hold these balls apart. I don't care if the Hulk's behind me. I can't let these big balls touch. <laughs> I like big balls. You like big balls. Okay. Uh, Damn, we've man. got number two. Cut on my Is McFarland's number one, Spider-Man. Uh, there's multiple variants of this one. I like the gold one. I think the silver one just pops. Um, I love that cover. Um, I don't know what it is. I, it's the McFarlane love that I've got, but I love Spider-Man number one from 1990. The legend of the Knight. Uh Doom, doom, doom. The story wasn't that great, but the even Todd, Mc- bad. Todd McFarlane even says, you know what? I, I was learning how to write. Yeah, the, the story was not great. Um, I used to love the little fine detail, too, under McFarlane's signature. He used to put a number under it. Like, if there were three, that meant that there were three spiders hidden on the cover. There are so many spiders on this cover, he put a question mark. Uh, but I love this one, albeit uh, what? how many variants we got for this one. We got the green. We got the silver. We got the gold. We've got the one with the barcode. We've got the one with the this one. We got one with a blue lizard inside with a printing error. We got the platinum edition that was only sent to retailers. So many variations of this one, uh, but I love this one. All right. We ready? The, for- um, I, no, about this. I had the gold one as well. 
Yeah, I like um, the gold one because too. the gold one to me was what was you know seemed classy like a fancy painting in a whorehouse. <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute! And, it's like and a you, fancy... you spent enough time in them. <laughs> we're, to know, we're not right? glossing over that. That's like a fancy painting in a whorehouse. Is that what you say? <laughs> I said it was classy, like a fancy painting in a whorehouse. That's about to say. Just how many whorehouses have you been to, George, so you can make that comparison? Only the ones I've seen in the movies, Jr. Oh. Uh, all right. So where this says uh, a rack night, this is a thing that they used uh, for a, a while. Yeah, the, and it never caught on. I kind of thought it was kind of cheesy because I thought they were trying to make him like, oh, you know, you've got Batman and he's like the, you know, the Dark Knight. But this is this is the Iraq Knight because he's Spider Knight. And I always thought about it. And I was like, dude, people know who Spider-Man is. Just yeah. because Batman is huge doesn't mean people have forgotten who Spider-Man is. Stop it. Also, you remember the non-mutant superhero? Remember they yep. put, put that on the cover? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys ready for my number one? My number one favorite Spider-Man cover of all time is it's a variant. Mm. It's a variant by John Romita Jr. and John Romita Sr. for the relaunch of Spider-Man, Peter Parker's Spider-Man, number one, uh, from January 1999. I've actually got a print on my wall of this. Uh, It's Spider-Man in the rain. Uh, No one does rain like Romita Jr., and it's just Spider-Man on the top of a building or top of a dome or something like that. Just All I can think about is how much bullshit gets started up in two years from this, in less than two years from this <laughs> issue. But this was big. Spider-Man had never been relaunched before. And um, this was and, a new number one. And it shouldn't have been. It, I agree. I agree. However, both the covers for this relaunch are two of my all-time favorite covers of all time. And Everybody else is doing it is not a good reason to do it. I know. <laughs> and also, if you look down here, the Ramitas, so right there. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love that cover. That on our old crawlspace message board for years. That was my avatar. Uh, for years, when it said BD and I'd post something, you'd see that image. My that's my all-time favorite Spider-Man image. So. Uh, I've been looking away from chat for a minute, so let me minimize this. Let's oh, get God, some... we're, we're about to get uh, 400,000 pop-up messages across here. <laughs> Great cover. Uh, you can do an entire 25 list of JRJR rain covers, and I'd love all of them. Uh, Spider-Man in the rain. I got to remake a costume cosplay photo of that. Uh, let's... How do you cosplay Spidey in the rain? Well, you need do, a hose. Do, do you carry like a... Like a... <laughs> gallon jug of water and just whenever somebody wants um, to take a picture josh is saying he doesn't really like the big mcfarlane eyes i could i can understand that I, yeah. I i like all eyes i like ramita's smaller eyes uh i'm an eye man you're a fan <laughs> of spider of spider-man's eye face yeah <laughs> uh oh hornacek yes i did buy six copies of uh spider-man 1990 no i think i bought 10 copies don't you uh, under shop brad Douglas. I, back in 1990, bro, uh, I did buy 10 copies of the silver and the green. You should have taken the- that money and just wiped your ass with it. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Sissy Ironwood, damn it. Yep, Sissy was in that Marvel team up annual, Thomas. That's true. Good night and big balls. Horse. <laughs> uh, 
JR's disgust of Secret Wars is palpable, I'm assuming is what they're talking about. That's a JR problem. Um, <laughs> uh, Brad probably has the most black suit covers in his list. I bet you I do. I bet you these yeah. fellows don't have many uh, as many black suit ones. Um, oh, Steve says that uh, Michael Golden was doing the spaghetti webbing back in 82. But you, he, the only Michael Golden Spider-Man I remember is Marvel Fanfare. So maybe that's what he was referencing. Uh, I think he did another. I, 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 it may have been somebody different, but I want to oh. say he did like there was a Spider-Man. Uh, there was a Spider-Man Scarlet Witch story in Marvel Fanfare that happened yeah. after that one that he did with Spider-Man and Hulk. And I think maybe he did that one, but I can't remember. How many issues did Spidey wear the symbiote suit from what I recall? It wasn't too long because I think most of the Falco friends. Uh, he wore it, uh, I think, for not even a f- full year. There was, it was a, a symbiote. It was about half a year. Yeah, because it was issue 252 to 259 of Amazing. However, he also had the symbiote on in Marvel Team-Up, and he also had the symbiote on in uh, Spec, too. And but, uh, he and he guest starred like in the Transformers of all places. He was wearing the real symbiote. Uh, but then the Black Cat made him a cloth one. So you... you Saw it alternate a lot in the eighties. So, uh, let's see. All right. New comments. Uh, Josh says that is a monumental waste of money, Brad. <laughs> I say that as a comic fanatic, dude. They're a buck seventy-five back in nineteen ninety. If I spent five dollars now, that would be a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, but see, Brad, that's the thing, though. That that was back in nineteen ninety. That money was worth a lot more than it is today. All right. Uh, JR. I, I wish I had $10 worth of 1990 money right now. <laughs> JR, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. I'm going to pop yours up on the screen. Here is JR's top 25 favorite Spider-Man covers. He starts with. Okay. Let me, uh, let me resize this a little bit. I think. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, basically not being uh, being the technological luddite that I am, <laughs> I just like slapped them on a uh, word document and then just <laughs> scroll down. Uh, just kind of a few caveats here. I mean, yes, unfortunately, Gary in the Frozen has already already uh, uh, pointed out that I'm going to be very predictable in this list. <laughs> All right, Winnipeg webhead, you ain't you know you're going to be old sometime too, you know. <laughs> You're going to be, you're going to be old sometime too. And you're going to be, and your kids are going to make fun of you. Like, yeah, dad. Um, but, uh, but, uh, anyway, this, um, uh, and, and some of the, uh, I guess a few rules here, you know, one, sometimes if they just caught my attention or, uh, two, uh, you could almost be guaranteed that if Alex Ross and green goblin are together, you're going to see them. Um, Variants count if I actually have the variant. Okay. Uh, so just a, a few caveats there. Fortunately, Brad and I only duplicated on a couple. Okay. So cool. we'll see here. But anyway, uh, this one, and, and, and oh, one more caveat. It's kind of like Billy Joel when he was asked like what his favorite song and worst song was. And he said, well, it, it changes every day. So, you know, take some of these that I kicked off the list may wind up showing up depending on my mood. But anyway, the reason sure. this is... Sorry. Real quick, Hornacek is saying, click the little arrow to the right so it minimizes the top bar so you get more image. See the little, uh, the up bar, right. Uh, yeah, it's to right. right, to your right, far it, right, far right. 
Far right. It's right over the uh, far the scro- right the, by the, the scroller. Uh, by the by scroll scroller. Button. Keep going to the right. There, there you go. Down. down, 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 down. No, 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 down, down. Up. Yeah, there. Up. There you go. Up. 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 It's like we're doing surgery. There it is. Right there. Right there. Up. 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 Right above your up button. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm that. That's my mouse pointer. Oh, right there. There we go. Hold a sec. We did it. Oh god! Next time, just make it a next time, just make it a PowerPoint. <laughs> I almost did. Uh, oh my god, that's I believe so that. Funny. You guys, uh, by can, the way, for you know what, you guys can burn in hell. You know that. <laughs> wow, we aren't even on number twenty-five yet, and he's burning us in hell. Uh, for our audio listeners, Jr., be sure to say what issue number and what right, uh, right, cover, yeah. series, right. Uh, and Brad will probably have to help me with the artist because that's not something I pay that's attention Ramita. to. A lot. That's yeah, Ramita. That's Ramita Senior right there. Anyway, number 25, it's Amazing Spider-Man, volume one, number 75. Uh, and it is the cover where, as we learn in the issue, this is where Silvermane uh, drinks uh, what the formula that was uh, described in the Tablet of Time. Right. Um, the reason I picked this one is I originally got, I, I, I bought it, the Marvel tales version and the Marvel tales, when they did Marvel tales, uh, they, they changed these covers up a little bit and the Marvel tales version, I think was white. So when I was scrolling through covers and I saw this because it was black, the black background, it was just, to me, it really popped. It was just so stark Spidey's red and blue against the back, uh, black background. And then you also see him in the mirror. So he's like, or yep. in the glass glass. So he's walking towards you and in the, uh, the mirror, he's walking away. So I thought that was just a pretty, pretty cool image. And Spidey's uh, first cover face palm. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Number 24. We, we actually, we actually have that on our discord. Yeah. They've made uh posters of that before too. Well, it's, yeah. um, I, some people have used it for like uh, avatars and things before. Yeah. I used it uh, on my crawlspace Twitter, the, the Twitter I was using for uh, crawlspace years ago. Yep. The Ramita uh, Senior. All right. Number 24 is Amazing Spider-Man number 112. For the audio listeners, uh, it's the one where Spider-Man is, there's a large image of Spider-Man and and in the in the foreground, people are beating the hell out of each other. And Spider-Man is basically saying, go ahead, beat, you know, kill each other. I don't care anymore. Uh, and the re- reason I always like it when S- Spidey gets mad. But uh, I just remember I didn't buy this off the shelves originally, but I do remember seeing it as a kid. And I remember walking by and wow, wow, man, I, I got to have that one. Ah, crap. I don't have 20 cents, you know. Uh, so, you know. It was the early seventies. What can I say? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that one always stuck out to me, you know, just, uh, he's basically telling the whole world to go piss off. <laughs> so number 23. All right. It is amazing. Spider-Man number 262. This is a photo cover. In fact, I think it was the first amazing Spider-Man photo cover. And I believe that is the actor slash stunt man, Oh, Scott, okay. Scott, uh, Sil- Silva or is that it? no, but I, it's Scott something. I think Leva, Scott Leva, I think that's right. L E V A, uh, who I think also, if you have the, uh, on one of the X-Men, the original X-Men movie extras, uh, when they're filming a scene and then Spider-Man runs into the shot. Uh, also if memory serves, isn't he on the Canon poster where he's in a pose with the, yes, well, he was, he was supposed to play Spider-Man in the, yeah. uh, Canon films. Yep. 
Yeah, that never uh, got Scott Levis as Vinkman. Yep, that's right. Yep. But uh, I was a, a college student in Terre Haute, Indiana at the time. And uh, yeah, I was a little, I, I was going through one of my down periods of like, ah, you know, shit, I ain't got much money. You know, I'm just a poor college student. I ain't going to buy Spider-Man for a while. Uh, and I didn't actually for several issues after this, but I was just in the shop and, oh, wow, I got to have this. I got it. Even though the story is is totally unmemorable. Uh, I just remember saying, I have to have this because of that cover. So you remember the Marvel, th- this one was the best of the bunch. If memory serves, I didn't care for the captain America, Marvel team up one. Oh no, that was awful. That almost looked like it was traced or something. I know. Yeah. And then there was one of, it was spider woman's last issue where she had like people on the balcony of her, her villains people. They actually made mm-hmm. cosplay for these. And yeah. uh, spider woman's up on a wall. Was there another one after that one? I can't remember if there's yeah, more than remember. Yeah, this one was the best of the bunch. Yeah, and I mean, and it's basically, and it's 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 the the story is a photographer, uh, a sleazy photographer takes a picture of Peter while he's in mid change, and so that's that's what this uh, the this cover is. But yeah, it, for me, it was a real attention getter, and I said, gotta have it, gotta have it. Remember that one, number twenty two. Humberto Ramos, it really? It is a Humberto Ramos cover. No, I would not it, have suspected that, Jerry. It is Amazing Spider-Man number 671. It is one of the Spider Island. I, you know, there are just some things you can't, it's like songs or I just like <laughs> it. I can't explain it, but you know, Mary Jane in her underwear with white stockings <laughs> on a wall, you know, she's got spider, you know, she, this is when everybody got spider powers. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. How does why. that song sound like in your head? Is it porn music? Is it like the theme? That <laughs> does it's, 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 it's definitely someone. It is definitely uh, somewhat Jonathan lurid. Jonathan has say. the best. JR is bringing sexy back. Um, <laughs> uh, Hornacek, JR chooses Humberto Ramos as today opposite day. Uh, <laughs> I thought JR hated that guy. The chat is going I, I, nuts. Well, well, for, for, okay, first of all, I don't hate the man personally. I just well, never, yeah. never was a fan of his art. Although there are sometimes he does, I think, you know, there are certain images he does well. Like I think when we were talking about issue 800 with little evil normie, who's about to change into the carnage symbiote, you know, there, there's a few image and I just like this one. I just, and I like Mary Jane. I like Mary Jane when she's very girl next door. I don't like supermodel MJ. You know, I like, I like the girl next door and this just, I mean, you know, a very sexy, very sexy maybe, underdressed girl next door, but the girl next on, door nonetheless. Maybe it's on someone's list, but it almost made my top 25. It was a Ramita senior annual number 19 of amazing where Mary Jane's got the spider suit and she's doing a Superman. I almost put that on my list. Cause I really like that cover a lot yeah. too. I almost put that on my list, but I wanted to yeah. focus on Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, number 20 well number 21 is yep. issue 601 and it's a variant it's a dirty it, variant it is another mary jane cover oh. uh, and it is one it is one that i have like i said uh, uh if i have the variants uh i'll include them again this is just a very very sharp classic mary jane look you know very uh, uh, uh again a girl next door uh, and, uh, I just think she looks sharp in the boots and the, uh, the dress pants. And, uh, um, it's just, also uh, the, the 25th anniversary homage going around the border. 
Which yeah. I'm not sure what anniversary year that was. Maybe 50. Yeah. I don't know if it was like 35. There, there was like a whole series of Mary Jane covers that came out. It was, uh, it was early in the brand new day era, even though they wanted to, uh, even though they wanted to get rid of Mary Jane, I think they just, they can't avoid her because she's just too popular. <laughs> sells variants. Yeah. Yeah. But so oh. does Gwen and Gwen's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Number 20, Web of Spider-Man number 13. Oh, that's a good one. Spidey goes berserk. This is where Spidey, the story is where, Sp- and I think it's by Peter David. The story is, Spider-Man has just about had enough of Jonah's bullshit. And he <laughs> let her, he's had enough. And he goes in and he's about to knock Jonah's, he really is about to knock Jonah's uh, block off. Uh, but I just liked it. Again, The, the I just thought the, 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 the black costume uh, and I did like the black costume. I mean, I really did. Yeah. The black, I mean, I just think it looks great here. It pops out of that white background, uh, you know, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, I like it because, you know, like I said, it just pops out. And like I said, I always like it when Spidey's had enough when he's at the end of his rope. So that was uh, number 20. Number 19. Oh, yeah. All righty. Amazing yeah, Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man 250. That's the, uh, yeah. the, we thought that the idea of the hobgoblin was going to be revealed. Uh, and it wasn't. And then 251 <laughs> happened and it wasn't. Uh, but I, I just, you know, basically it looks like a fight to the death fire surrounding them. the goblins. Eyes are flaring a fight to the death. And I do like the little, uh, uh me too. At the, it's great. Steal it. <laughs> so I, <laughs> Did you see the uh, the uh, Romita Junior homaging himself with the Green Goblin? I have s- I have seen that. I don't yeah. have it though. I, I I pre-ordered that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, number eighteen. All right, you guys knew, probably all knew this was coming. Amazing yep. Spider-Man number thirty-nine. Uh, obviously, it's a major change in major turning point for both Spider-Man and his greatest foe. Uh, and it's the first John Romita senior cover. Yeah. It is, like I said, I, I went, this is the earliest issue I ever bought back when it was like $4. And like, I've always told the story, you know, my dad asked me what I bought at the comic shop and I didn't want to tell him because I didn't want him to know that I spent $4 on a comic book. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so that's the story there. Hornacek is shocked. That's your number 18. Uh, it, it again, I too. I yeah, well, yeah. that would be higher. See, be when I was looking at all these 20, you know, it just sometimes you just kind of throw them up and see where they land. I mean, it just, <laughs> you know, plus I was, I was, you know, running behind on some other things and was trying to get some, some other things done. Uh, well, that's num- a good one. This is, uh, let's see, this is number 17, yeah. uh, Marvel's number four. And uh, again, I, it's uh, again, Alex Ross. Uh, who can do no wrong in, in many cases. Uh, and again, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the eye of Spider-Man and within the, uh, the lens is the green goblin with his hands around Gwen Stacy's throat. Uh, it's just a perfect image of uh, that just kind of underscores the, uh, you know, the rivalry and the hatred these two men have for each other and how Norman is, is he, he'll stop at nothing. He'll take everything from Spider-Man if he possibly can. So uh, number 16. Oh, that's Ama- a good one. Amazing Spider-Man number fifth, 573 new, the last part of Newsways to die. And, um, it's, it's Norman unmasked on his goblin glider with a fiery pumpkin and with murder in his eyes. Um, 
Now, obviously, I, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously you knew a lot of Goblin covers were going to be on here, but I think one of the reasons I like a lot of these Goblin covers is I think the green and purple just, you know, uh, when he, the green and purple and then Spider-Man's red and blue, you know, uh, primary and uh, then like the secondary colors, I think it just pops. I just think it really looks good when, when all those colors are together. Does the green and purple make his cornrows pop? <laughs> That's those are red, George. Those are red. So, yeah. No, they don't. All right. Number, um, oh, what was he here? Number 15, Amazing Spider Man, number 312. This oh, yeah. is McFarlane, the Green Goblin versus <clears throat> the Hobgoblin. Of course, it's, it's, uh, the successors, not the original. It's the Harry Osborne Green Goblin and the uh, Jason McIndale Hobgoblin. Uh, but, uh, it's McFarlane, it's the Green Goblin. Uh, and, uh, you know, Spidey's barely on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was always that again, that one was, that one was one when I was not buying Spider-Man at this time. Uh, <laughs> but I got this one. It's like, Oh crap. I gotta have that. Yeah. So number 14 oh, now, oh yeah, this is one of my all time favorites because obviously, you know, what happens here, the end of, uh, it is the last. I would well, I, yeah. It is the last part of the Clone Saga outside of like Osborne Journals, and then I think kind of a, a wrap up the following issue with. Uh, uh, but I, this is J John Romita Jr. Uh, I don't, I don't think it gets any better than this. You know, the, his Green Goblin and uh, fight facing off against Spider Man. It was the uh, first appearance of uh, Ben Riley as Captain Flower. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of your all-time favorite issues in general, not just the cover too. That's it? right. That's right. Yeah. And and the cover is is a reason too. But I mean, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's Norman and Peter just beating the hell out of each other. It's very personal. And and this is the issue where you know we fought where I mean we always knew it, but it's the issue where it's pretty blatantly stated. This isn't about Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. It is about Peter Parker and Norman Osborn. Right. It is about two men. Who have um, who have uh, dealt with the various tragedies of their lives in various in different ways? Spider Man used his to ensure that nobody else had to suffer like he did, uh, and he became a hero. And Norman used his tragedies uh, to turn against the world. It's like, well, you know, f you. If I got to hurt, you <laughs> got to hurt too. So I mean, that's so anyway. One of my favorite. Well, tomorrow I'll talk favorite. It's a great one. Number 12. Now this is one or number 13. This is one I had to, to, because it's a, one of those, you open it all the, the way up. Yeah. yeah. The fold out, you open it all the way up. So the back of the cover, this is where after Norman, um, after Norman uh, uh, appeared in Peter Parker 75 to finish off the clone saga, then this was our first appearance. Although he'd made a couple of, you know, one panel appearances, but this was the first time he was Norman Osborn was back to stay. Uh, and this was the, uh, this was the back of the cover, some classic scenes from history. And then this was the front, you know, first it was, um, let's see, let's read back, back to stay like herpes. I think you meant to uh, scroll back up and then scroll to the right. Oh, no, he cut it in half. That's oh, you the, did? Oh, yeah, yeah I cut it in did. half. Yeah. You got yeah. Romita junior and senior. Oh, here we go. Doing yeah. the same image there. There we go. And uh, it's, but it, oops. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's just two variations of the uh, of the cover. One, the shadow of the goblin, and the other, again, and I think the advertising 
for this was uh, Spider-Man's greatest enemy isn't the Green Goblin. It's Norman Osborn. Right. That's so, Spec uh, 250, isn't it? Yep. The, Specs, the, Spectacular Spider-Man 250. The people art on here looks like uh, they were drawn by uh, uh, in an Eastman and Laird comic, like the TM, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm, with all the rain. No, with all just the way the people look, it looks oh, like okay. it looks like they were pulled out of a Eastman Eastman Laird comic. All right, number twelve, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume Five, Number Fifty-Five. Oh. Now, th- I did not, you know, because as as, uh, as my son uh, continuously likes to to ridicule me for, I <laughs> do not uh, reserve issues. I mean, I just don't. I bought issues off the rack spontaneously for 50 years i'm not about to change i don't have a pull list uh and so i didn't get the first one that that was white uh but i got the one but actually i do like this one better i just like the right now i think there was a blue one but i didn't get that one yeah there's a uh, bunch of different colors yeah yeah, a bunch of different colors but this is volume five number 55 uh the spider web uh sketching of uh of spider-man by the it's our first repeat that was on my list too yep our first repeat we've had lots of repeats i haven't been calling them out from from oh okay yeah Uh uh-oh all right and then number 11 is amazing spider-man volume four number 32 (laughs) although i called it 31 but it says 32 yeah hang on a second here this is uh, when Norman Osborn was trying to <laughs> went to Tibet <laughs> because he wanted to get magical powers. Uh, but the cover is, is uh, Norman uh, with a, uh, the goblin fright mask that was in the monastery. Uh, he's looking like he's about to put it on. The reason that, I mean, uh, the reason, uh, one reason I liked it was for some reason, uh, Norman here reminds me of Darren McGavin. I was always a huge Darren McGavin fan, <laughs> uh, but I just, it's just kind of like, ah, oh, it looks a little bit like Darren McGavin, but that's, you know, again, that's Ralphie's dad from Christmas story, Brad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but, but when he, when he was coal shack, you know, as opposed to Ralphie, Ralphie's dad, he'd kind of thin, you know, he, you know, he got, he'd been, he was a little older, but anyway, so I always just like this Norman with his eyes, just glaring and on fire he's about to put on this hideous mask and he thinks he's going to have all kinds of magic powers and it turns out the the monks were just effing with him because they knew they knew he was up to no good number 10 the legacy uh, the legacy of evil one shot this is the story this is after both norman and harry were dead wink wink and (laughs) ben urich is i think it was written by kurt busiek uh, ben Urich is going around asking people about uh, the Green Goblin. He's because he's trying to figure out when the Goblin transitioned from being no, from Norman to Harry, uh, and so he's interviewing you know everybody. The but the two people he doesn't interview, which is just for you know, it's like what kind of a reporter is he? He doesn't interview either Peter Parker or Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> uh, and I just, it just like, uh, but you know, the, in the frozen wants to know if you like that story. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I mean, I remember not buying this specifically because it was boozy yet. So, but uh, this is the one where, like, at the end is when Ben Urich starts to realize that Peter it's Peter Parker who's Spider Man because he always believed Urich was under the impression that uh, uh, Harry became the goblin. Uh, once he got into college, that was when Harry's uh, Harry's reign started. 
Uh, and then Spider-Man reminds him that no, 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 it was Norman Osborn who killed Gwen Stacy, not Harry. Uh, and then Ben, you know, as Spider-Man left, Ben said, oh, if I keep prying into this, I think I'm going to get it. I know what answer I'm going to get. And I've been down that road before with Daredevil. So is this is this in canon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure then, it is. Then why does the rest of the world suddenly forget that Norman kills Gwen Stacy? And, and like a lot of people think, oh, let's give Norman his own military unit. And oh, Lord. This. And you, you know, <laughs> it, it, yeah, this is when Norman was outed. Norman was outed as the goblin originally because Harry was arrested. I think after a uh, spectacular 190, Harry uh, was arrested and put into um, uh, uh, Arkham or... <coughs> Ravencroft. Uh, and I think that's when all the Green Goblin secrets were out. And that's when, uh, and what had happened was uh, there were um, uh, robot goblins going around, and Liz was operating under a post hypnotic suggestion or, or by Harry or whatever. But uh, anyway, um, but Josh you know. wants to know why you don't like Kurt Busick. I, it, it's too long to get into. It's yeah. just, uh, I, let's, let's focus on the, yeah on the thing. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Number I, nine. Just to put it real short. I, I found a lot of Bougiek stories in the nineties, uh, to be derivative of, of works that had already preceded him. All right. Number. Let's see. This is number nine, right? Yep. Number nine. Mark. <laughs> is it Mike Diodato on that? I think so. Number nine is Amazing Spider-Man number 519. This is the the story is after the uh, Molten Man knockoff, who I can't even remember his name. Uh, But uh, after he burns down the Parker home and Mary Jane and Aunt May go to Avengers Tower to live to live there with with Peter and the rest of the Avengers this time. I just I've liked I like Mike Diodato's art. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, and, uh, I just like this co- cover because it's the Parker family standing together, resilient against all comers. It's like, you know, it's like each one of them are saying, you know, all right, you know, it's like, you want to F with us, you F with one of us, you F with all of us. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I just like it. I just think it, it just says very simple about, too. It's a very simple yeah, cover. Yeah. And I think it just says something about the power of family. And, uh, you know, one reason why, I mean, why Spider-Man gets up every morning to do what he does, you know, I mean, yes, he wants to, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, uh, the way I look at being a hero, you know, is, you know, yeah, the hero wants to help the poor and downtrodden, but you know, it's the ones that he loves that gives him the strength to do it. Uh, this also reiterates your desire for Aunt May to finally know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think Aunt May should know. Uh, but I, I like this story as well. I mean, when they go to the tower, I liked before it all got thrown into the shitter with civil, <laughs> with civil war. I liked the, the Avengers team that Bendis had put together. I liked the fact that it was a little more grounded, uh, you know, uh, you know, that it had, you know, uh, you know, Luke Cage, Wolverine, I mean, you know, more down to earth, you know, street level heroes, um, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man and Wolverine, you know, <laughs> Peter once threw Sp- Wolverine out of a window <laughs> at in Stark Tower, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, number eight, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 6, number 31. Oh, that is a good one. This is a variant. Yeah. And <laughs> upside down kiss. Is, yeah. And this is one. This is Peter. This is Spider-Man upside down kissing Mary Jane. Yeah. But it's a very, again, it's the girl next door. It's a very 60-ish 
looking Mary Jane, the straight hair, uh, the green. I just, you know, I love the way her green eyes stand out. Uh, I already had this issue. I, um, I'm not a big fan of variants, but I will say that uh, the mo- some of the modern variants I do like because they are, they're different covers. They're not variations of the same covers like uh, Sp- Spider-Man 1 where it's just the webbing that's different colors. Uh, you know, I've, I've actually liked some of the weird Spider-Man Planet of the Apes covers. I don't buy them. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I'm going to go spend $4 for them, you know, to yeah, buy multiple the issues. The human is about to escape. But I, I you, you'd I already like purchased it. the main one, and then you liked this variant so much you went back and bought a second. That's right. Pack. I mean, it just yeah. I, I just I was looking for something else, and I you know I just saw it on the rack. It was like boom. I said I gotta have that. That's yeah. an eye catcher. Yeah. Uh, again, one. but I, I, I'm very I like Mary Jane, uh, and I think they should be married, and uh, I have always felt that way. Oh, uh, here's, here, here's one we both love. Here's here's an, another one of the only two repeats Brad and I have. It is Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number 101. It is the John Bird cover uh, with uh, the, the the in the black costume and the uh, uh, against the city, <laughs> against city buildings, and it's all black and white. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a great cover. I mean, I think I think a lot of people would put this in their their top their top list. Um, maybe George did too. Maybe that's the one cover in all of our lists. <laughs> Number six. Here's another one that'll probably surprise you folks. Oh, Tim Sale. S- Spider-Man blue. Number three, Tim sale. Uh, I definitely, when I was writing my columns and I was writing the year in review, I just, I just thought sales women were gorgeous. You know, I mean, uh, I just, I just thought they were beautiful. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the story because the story was a, uh, I mean, it was a elongated version of, uh, of, um, you know, uh, you know, I think around like in the forties, uh, with the rhino and Craven and, and things of that nature, you read Spider-Man blue, and then you go back to the original amazing issues and, you know, you, you see, it's just a stark difference between the, uh, you know, the old type storytelling and the decompressed storytelling of today. Uh, but this cover, which it looks like, looks like he's flying out of her ass, but, uh, and Venomous I, I, also says Mary Jane looks nude. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Um, well, I, I'm thinking almost like a Nagel cover in a way. Uh, but, uh, uh that, uh, uh, I just think that's a, just a beautiful cover. Yeah. I see what you cover. mean. I see what you mean, Jerry. Uh, number five, amazing Spider-Man number 252. The Our first, a first appearance of the black costume. Uh, yes. By our old pal, Ron friends. Uh, this is one again, caught my eye. I had to have it. And I don't know I, for whatever reason, I just looked at this thing and read it cover to cover over and over and over. Damn. I was enamored with that black costume. Um, and it's and, an homage. It's an homage. And it's an uh, homage. Yeah. It, it's an homage. Um, but like I said, I've always liked the black costume. I think he, sh- I think he should have stayed in it. Obviously, though, he couldn't have Venom, you know, Venom. And I, you know, the thing is, I don't think Marvel expected. I think Marvel, you know, because this is one of the gimmicks that came out of Secret Wars. You know, it's like, oh, Secret Wars, everybody's life is going to change. <sighs> you know, and you know, She Hulk, <laughs> She Hulk's going. Jr. Never do that again. It, it looked like you were uh, like, like you lo- were legit stroking out. <laughs> I was worried. We almost called nine one one on the old man. I mean, come on. 
We have a comic fan in his like, oh, late shit. 70s. He's about to stroke. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I, this is just a classic one. And I don't think Marvel, like I said, I think it was originally just a gimmick, you know, to promote Secret Wars. Because like, you know, uh, we were all talking about earlier, Brad and George were talking about earlier, the, the his original run in the black costume with the symbiote was only about six to seven issues. So I well, don't think well, it, it wasn't six to seven issues. It was six to seven months. Because months, you're were, right. You're yeah, right. There were other titles that he yeah. was showing up in. Um, but I, I don't think they uh, were prepared for it. Uh, I, I think it turned out to be much more popular than they thought it would be. Uh, so they brought him. They they um, put him back in the black suit. You know, in a, 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 a homemade one, yeah. and then Felicia made him a bunch. But uh, but Plus. now Venom, but. You know, you had this. Hang on, scroll back up, Jr. You have this sure. comic come out, and and it's not just a new costume; it's introducing the new Spider-Man. You know, so that was like even a new layer, level of mystery. T- these days, that's every other month. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't find that on the spinner rack. I had to go to a comic convention and buy with that. Yeah, I only I saw this the one that again. This is there was a comic shop in Terre Haute, Indiana. This is when I was in college. Uh, and it was the last one on the rack and it was actually had a crease in it. But, uh, I said, well, it's the last one. I got to have it. Yep. Uh, so I grabbed it and it's a good thing I did crease and all because I never saw it again. Uh, at, out, least, at least not for a price I was willing to pay. Uh, never saw it. again. What's the so, cover price on that? 60 cents. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But when I bought this and this was that later that summer, this thing was eight bucks. Yeah. I bought it for eight bucks. And that was in 19, like, that was in the mid 80s, whenever this came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it immediately started, you know, uh, shooting up in value. One of the few that actually probably was worth it, you know. All right. Number four. This is what I was saying. When Alex Ross and the Green Goblin <clears throat> are together. <laughs> The, it, the Pulse number four, this is the uh, storyline and where Norman is formally outed again. Uh, again. Uh, he, he convinced everybody that it wasn't really him in the Goblin outfit, theoretically. Uh, but, uh, but this issue finally had him exposed for good. Uh, but it's uh, the Goblin standing against a wanted poster. The face is the same. Uh, I've got a T-shirt actually like this. So, How come you never wear it on the show? Because I got too fat. Because I've gotten too fat for it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't make him feel like crap, George. (laughs) Okay, every everybody, everybody watching in chat, I want you to prepare for the actual, real possibility that number two and number one are are both uh, Mark Millar's trouble with Aunt May looking like (laughs) with Aunt May looking like Paris Hilton. No, it's Spider-Man Rain covers. Yeah, I oh, don't God. know. I don't know. I think Jr. Is so off the off the reservation with this stuff now. <laughs> number, what number are we on? Number three, number, Hallow's number, Eve. Really? Number oh, okay. three okay. is the Alex Ross. This is Hallow's Eve number one. I wouldn't touch that piece of shit with a ten foot <laughs> pole, but except for the premiere issue with the. Alex Ross Green Goblin variant. And I've always, you know, I think the, uh, I, I just love it when Norman's eyes, you can see Norman's eyes within the costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, and this, this, this would be, I, if this were a poster, it'd be on my wall. Yeah. Um, the, uh, sex says your love of Hollow's Eve is finally revealed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the stupidest powers put on a Halloween mask and, you know, you have the powers. 
You know, it's like, so what if she puts a, you know, on a, a Bozo the Clown mask on, you know, she's going to have big floppy feet and go, ah! What would be the worst Halloween mask she could put on? Like Grover or Bert from Sesame Street? <laughs> Lance Armstrong? Jeez. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm tr- trying to think of somebody who's been canceled. Hey, chat, who would be a bad Halloween mask for Hollow's Eve? So anyway, All number right. two is number two. Number two, another, you know, again, Alec. See, I thought issue. that was your number one. I got well, no hang on, number hang one is. on, hang on. Number number two, the uh ish, amazing five sixty-eight, the Alex Ross uh yeah. uh Green Goblin variant. Again, Norman's eyes are just, you know, the eyes and the big white smile. And and uh for those of you who've been watching a while, I don't have it. It, it, I put it away, but this was, uh, I have this in a poster and it was behind me for several different podcasts. So this is definitely one of my favorites, but number one is, here we go. Number one, number one is uh part of it is, is sentiment. A lot of it is sentimental and it is, Oh yeah. The original spectacular Spider-Man number two magazine cover. Oh, Somebody uh, predicted this in chat. That this would be your like number one. I, yeah, I Gary in the Frozen. Was. Yeah, yeah, it was a while. Well, I, I, yeah, it's. I, I mean, I've talked about this before. We did a, um, we did a uh, uh, a spider history where this was. Uh, it was the month, and mm-hmm. uh, like I've said, this is before I was formally, or just when I started collecting Spider Man. Um, let's see. The, I mean, basically the, the, they, they reprinted some of this, a lot of this issue, they cut out about a dozen or so pages in an annual. Uh, and they, and they reprinted it as Spider-Man, uh, amazing annual number nine. Uh, and the cover was not, you know, was an inferior copy of this. Uh, but anyway, that particular issue though, I got in a trade with the barber, uh, you know, <laughs> but back, we had barber shops in those days and, uh, my, uh, my dad would always, uh, always went to the barbershop with my dad, you know, and, uh, you know, he and all the, the ge- old geezers were talking about IU basketball and St. Louis Cardinal baseball. And I'd sit and read the comics or whatever. And, uh, I had to have this one, which was like, again, like I said, it was actually the amazing annual. Uh, and I had to have that one. Bob King was the barber's name. Bob, <laughs> let me, ha- Bob, let me have it. it Bob and, King. It, it is beat to hell right now. And it took me years, years. I wanted this original issue, but it was always overpriced. Yeah. And I finally found one actually not too long ago, uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit well-loved, uh, but at a very reasonable price. And I bought That's it good. and I, I got it, but this is, you know, a, the- yeah, it's a great cover. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it has, and the story, and it's just a great story. I mean, it's just the first half is, is Norman real you know, he's forgotten. This is after like 39 and 40. Uh, and he's, he'd forgotten who he was. And then he started remembering. Uh, and uh, so the first half is his realization. <coughs> and uh, then, you know, and then he invites Peter and his friends to a party and, you know, of course, you know, you've seen a variation of that in the uh, yeah. 90s Spider-Man cartoon. And then the second half is the two of them beating each other's asses. Uh, it, it's a really great story. I mean, I just really enjoyed the story. The way uh, I read it for the first time was in the mid 80s. Uh, they released Spider-Man Digests, which were the size of Archie Comics Digest. Mm-hmm. And uh, they one of the first ones that they reprinted was this one. Yeah. Listen, and, Joe Mo, listen, back in the day. Archie's Digest and Double Digest were some of the best value you got. 
Oh yeah, right by yep. the right by the when you checked out, right by the checkout line. Yeah, there's like a ridiculous amount of story in those pages. Yep. Yep. And Joshua, so many goblin covers. I mean, you you're, you must be the only one who didn't expect to see a whole lot of goblin. <laughs> Everybody well, knew there. I was sure gonna... as heck didn't expect Humberto Ramos on your list. I'll tell you right Everybody now. Everybody knew there was going to be a bunch of goblin covers. It was just a yep. a matter of which ones. Uh, but uh, but no, this this one has always been a clear favorite of mine yeah, for both. One story and the cover so so there we go uh jr's, JR's top 25 JR's top 25 all right chat if you want to uh predict george's number one feel free let's see if you're right all right george you ready yeah all right share your screen and i will pop it up all right hang on here because uh to jonathan's that, expecting to... stegron here in the frozen says uh, jr never disappoints very impressive I love Ramos, says Aaron. Josh says, I wonder if George has the cover of Secret Wars 3 on his list where the X-Men are getting their butts kicked. Oh, let's see. Get ready for 25 Stegron covers. (laughs) Well, I don't have these in a Chrome tab, so I'm trying to... It says window, and I'm like, eh. That's what I did. I shared a window. Okay, I got it now. Which is I got a folder and all... All right. Okay. Whoa, I don't want to show them all. So click on one of them and then... Okay, hang on. I was not anticipating this, you know, for for me to be the one to uh, have technical issues with this. I was, I says, you should have made a word document. <laughs> I'm starting to see the genius in JR's plan. Some po- sometimes simple things, simplicity is the best. Should have made a word doc. That's hysterical. Actually, let me check to see. I can just do it. Do exactly what Brad did. Yeah, right, Joshua, Brad, I knew you were making fun of me, but I was trying to give you. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt for not stooping to that level. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you went there. So, it crawl space. Yep. Marvel team up seven <laughs> is Stegron's first appearance. That's what Gary's predicting. Word simple but effective. This is Milo. <laughs> All right. Uh, or is uh, it nineteen of Marvel team up? What what is Stegron? It's the one with Black Panther, right? I think it's nineteen. I think yeah, I think it's nineteen. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to find it where it's just because it's not in Chrome and it's not. Uh... While we're waiting on George, Milo gave us a super chat earlier, so thank you, Milo. He has a Yay. question for Jr. Uh, have you done a spider history on the Black Suit Saga? I guess he's guessing from like two fifty two to two fifty nine. Yeah, no, I have not, but. Uh... Uh, Secret Wars is on. I'm one. That's a good idea, Milo. But Secret Wars is on tap for uh, 2024, the 40th anniversary yep. of Secret Wars, where I will go through all of the thorough mediocrity uh, of that story. I can't I, wait for it. By the way, is this your number one that I see right now, or is this your number two? I don't know because I can't see what you see right now because this is. I have to fill my screen with this. Uh, it's a Ditko cover. Yes, it is. At, uh, at 24 or number one. It is amazing. It's amazing. Spider-Man annual number one. Okay. And that's your 24th, 25th. Sorry. Oh no. Number 25th. God damn it. I've already messed this up. All right. <laughs> My word document doesn't look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. That, that was. Because uh... what I did was I, I numbered the files 25, 24, 23, 21. Yeah, that's how the Battlestar Galactica survived. It was uh, obsolete and wasn't tied in with the rest of the uh, the fleet's IT. So. Every time, every time. Dinamis says we didn't have any Doc Ock covers. That's any, true. I've seen one. 
And anytime some kind of age thing comes out, JR always pull, goes to the Battlestar Galactica well. <laughs> well, I'm the old ship. I'm the one that made it. Oh, yeah. well, uh, you got to stick with the classics. <coughs> Many of my, uh, which is funny because Picard JR. basically repeated that same, the third season of Picard basically repeated right. that same trope. Whoa, 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 whoa. You watched that? You didn't tell me you watched season three of Picard. Yeah, I did. I t- well, I didn't watch it. I haven't watched it all yet. But yeah, I told you I was watching. Oh my it. Gosh. I watched the I watched the last episode first because I wanted to what the, make well, sure. That's it's not stuck. how you do it. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure it stuck to the landing because I tell oh. you, a lot of the well, one the first two seasons of Picard was shit. Uh, but also some of these miniseries just they don't stick to the landing. Uh, but I but fortunately George, Picard, Picard did. I see it. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Here is George's twenty fifth right here. All right, so this is uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 14, and this was always a big favorite of mine because it had a uh, it had a Doctor Strange Spider-Man story in it. This is not my least favorite of the covers necessarily, but the story inside wasn't all that. It was like a, a Denny O'Neill and Frank Miller story about Doctor Doom. And, um, and Spider-Man and and uh, Doctor Strange have to go into, you know, they go up against, at one time, you know, they're going up against uh, Doctor, you know, all these dark forces that Doctor Strange has aligned himself with. Or not Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom. And there's like a big, giant-ass robot they fight at some point. But this is the one that had Doctor, uh, or that had um, uh, Doctor Doom, yeah, watching uh, Nazi films in his basement. Yeah. You know, like on a projector. And I was like, dude, if you, if you, I, I can't remember if this predates Burns take on doom, you know, because I think that's when the gypsy stuff came into play, you know, about him being, you know, his background being, uh, um, uh, a gypsy or whatever politically word you call them now. Uh, I know gypsy's not, not, Romani. Uh, it, it's probably problematic, no, but no, I, no they, they call him. Rom- yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they yeah, call him it, Romani now. So, um, uh, any yeah. So any any Romani is not gonna have is not gonna be in the basement watching Hitler films. Trust me, because you know the they were persecuted just as you know just as much as the as the Jews were back then. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to the same extent, but just as badly. They were mm-hmm. sent to camps and all that other crap. So, uh, given Doom's background, I didn't I didn't really think that flied very well. But I I like the cover and it's. Other than that one moment I, I pointed out, it's an okay story, you know. Yeah. But anyway. I uh, like what, uh, who said it? it uh, Josh Nelson said it's one of Denny O'Neill's few good Spider-Man stories. Yeah, and this was a, uh, this. I think this was uh, Deb Whitman. Uh, she was with mm-hmm. Peter at the beginning. And it was another one of those, oh, you're always running away kind of moments. Milo says it predates burn stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, is that- right. Because he was... Re- if memory serves, Denny O'Neill was like 80, 81 and burn came in on fantastic four, like 82, 83. That makes yeah, sense. It's close. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think it was burn who kind of, you know, pushed, started pushing that aspect of his backstory. But uh, anyway, we'll go on to number 24. Oh yeah. That's a good Marvel, one. Marvel team up one forty eight. Of course, Marvel team up would end two issues later. Yeah. Um, but uh, I always loved this one, and I always used to tell my friends back in the day, I was like, look, no, this proves Spider-Man's worthy of wielding Thor's hammer. <laughs> he's, you know, he's got to latch on to it at least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I always like that was a fun moment in the story. 
you know, when uh, Thor threw his hammer and they were going up against somebody called the Black Abbot, who was so compelling, we've never seen him since. <laughs> Al Milgram cover, huh? Uh, Plus, yeah, it's a Milgram cover. I think the interior art, though, was done by uh, somebody named George LaRock. Oh, Greg, Greg LaRocque. Greg yeah, Greg LaRocque. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. All right. So that's number 24. Uh, number 23. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. I would have actually ranked this higher up. But I just I went for more of a twenty five covers that I love kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, so Brad's already had this on his list. I used to take this one and another one that's uh, I think it's the next one uh, to school like every day. I hit them <laughs> in my little my little uh, blue you know trapper keeper type thing. I read them on the bus. I read them at lunch. This one and uh, another annual. I just couldn't stop reading them. I was like, oh, my God, I love these so much. All right. Well, so got 72 big pages there. Yeah. For, uh, I don't know. Does it have to quarter. Price on it? For a quarter. 72 oh. pages for a quarter. <laughs> Man. That's real value, Brad. It is value. All right. So the next one was the other one that I took mm. to school for some reason every damn day. And I, I can't explain <laughs> what it is. I'm not like a huge Richard Deacon fanboy or anything. You know, the, the human fly is not my green goblin. You know, as it like, like is that his are. identity? Richard Deacon? Is that that's his name? Richard Deacon. Well, that's so funny. But he was an interest. Visually, he was interesting, especially in opposition to Spider-Man. And he was going after Jonah because this was another uh, scorpion type project. Like, Jonah didn't learn his lesson the first time, and he tried to recreate that success and make another insect-based person that, not to be a hero necessarily, but that would just kill Spider-Man. If you think about it, the fly should be a lot cooler and should be Spider-Man's main nemesis, not the goblin. That'd be like too you, obvious. The spider and the fly. That, that, no. that, that'd be too obvious, Brad. I know, but you would think the fly would be cooler being an enemy of Spider-Man. Well, I mean... Uh, I, the, I feel like the spider always loses, or uh, I'm sorry, the the fly always fly. loses. Always gets caught in the against web. the spider. Always gets caught, you know, caught in the web and yeah. sucked dry. But this guy, uh, this guy had an interesting power set. He had like sonic, uh, sonic stuff. He could like kind of channel through his wings, and he also had like a bio blast. He he was cool. I mean, he, he was an interesting villain. And I read this all the damn time back in the day. Yeah, I remember this one. Uh, all right. Next up is one from Jr.'s list. Um, and even though it's not uh, not the you know the big people who originally wore these uh, suits, it's still a compelling uh, piece of art from the from the McFarlane run. I think this was around the time when McFarlane started, wasn't it? Uh, On ASM, he started on two ninety eight. Is I think yeah, it was a little more than a year into his run. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. He's got like yeah. ten after this or so. So that's my uh, that's number twenty one for me. An Inferno crossover. Yeah, I wasn't a big Inferno fan, but I was. Uh, but I like this. Yeah. All right. So uh, Brad had. <laughs> I think Brad had. Yeah, Brad had this one. D Jr. wouldn't have this one. I almost Brad. picked issue one too. I was tempted with issue one, but this one, this one just is so classic. So yeah, this was um, this was a big one, and I picked this one over two fifty two. Just because of all the shit going on in the background. Yeah. You know, it makes it a more interesting cover. It's like Spider-Man swinging around with two people or Spider-Man in the new costume with all hell breaking loose behind him. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought that was just them standing around introducing each other. Oh, shut up. (laughs) They're kicking the shit out of one another. Look, Thor's got his hammer like he's about to pound somebody behind Spider-Man's thigh, JR. Look at Hulk lifting the boulder, going to smash somebody. You want to get hit by Thor's hammer, chump? I can arrange it. (laughs) I can arrange it. I don't know. I think uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife was already hit by Thor's hammer. Oh, Lord. Jesus, JR. This is a family show. This is an anniversary show. (laughs) God almighty. Milo. Yes, you're right, Milo. JR is indeed ruining Secret Wars yet again. (laughs) He's a goddamn monster. All right. (laughs) So that's my my 20th pick. Uh, My 19th pick is... Ah. Number one twenty two, which is what I said. I you know the uh, the issue that came after Brad's earlier choice. Right, Brad. Brad one twenty one. I actually found at a flea market, nice, and um in Fort Worth, Texas, and I don't think they knew what they had because they had twenty five cents written on the on the cover. Oh, <laughs> well, there goes this the value. Was, <laughs> and this was back in like uh, eighty or eighty one. I was hanging out with uh, one of my uh, my old grade school chum. And we had uh, walked down the street from his house and went in there. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait a minute. You know, I was like, and, and I'm looking at him like, oh, holy crap. How do I not get this? Right. So, uh, yeah. What year was that when you got that for a quarter? Like I said, it was 80 or 81. I can't remember. I was a little kid. But then, uh, same place, we went back like, uh, oh, I don't know, like three, four months later. We went back to the same place and I picked this one up. I don't remember how much this one was at the time. But... Um, Gary's surprised this wasn't on our list, JR. Either one. But I liked this one just because, you know, it's not like the floating heads and portraits. Oh, guess who? This is like some shit has gone down and stuff. You know, it's people are about to throw down. Yes, him 122 you know? classic. You got Goblin throwing pumpkin bombs. You got mm-hmm. Spider-Man about to try to fight holding the chick's body. Mm-hmm. And this is an example of when word balloons add to it as opposed to subtract from it. And you know? uh, even, even though, yeah, that's true. And even though uh, 121 is where is where Gwen dies, 122 has that great moment where he's like, Spider-Man's in shock. And he lands there, and the cops are, like, closing in on him. And they're like, all right, dude, just back away from the chick's body. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. And, and then he's like, no, no, what are you talking about? She's not dead. And he kept on with the you're not dead, you're not dead thing, which was, oh, my God, that was so, it was heartbreaking. Yep, gut-wrenching, yeah. It was, it was gut-wrenching. And and they kind of played a little bit with that in uh, the Garfield movie. They did. With, uh, yep. with Emma Stone, and I thought it was, that, that scene was perfect because of that. So, that was my 19th favorite cover. Oh, yeah. When Spider-Man snagged Gwen with the, the webbing and at, at the end, you know, in the movie. Oh, my Lord, that scene hurt. That uh-huh. scene hurt. <laughs> it did. All right. So, uh, number 18, 275 from Amazing Spider-Man, The Return of the Hobgoblin. Yep. I just, I love the, the, just the, the layout of this and the way that the, that the two are going. sure what in. artist that is. Uh, I think I think that's Friends. I want to believe that's Friends. The issue was Friends. It was. I'm not. That doesn't look like Friends' art, though. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's good. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. All right. So um, next up. Oh, and it wasn't too long after this that uh, they did the whole uh, you know Flash got Flash Thompson Flash Goblin. You know, yeah, you know this may be an issue. Well, no, they did it in the annuals. It was, it was an issue. It, Confirmed it's 275. No, I know. <laughs> this was right, an issue. It's right there on the art. 
<laughs> when they charge you more for a reprint in the back with new stories. That's what they used to do with annuals all the time. Oh, yeah. This I is, mean, they, they do it now and they charge you 10 bucks. for They it. do it now for 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, stories from the editor's drawer. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, uh, number 17. <laughs> Peter Porker, Spectacular Spider-Ham. Uh, That's also, epic. That's epic. I almost went with twenty ninety nine, <laughs> but I always loved this cover. Yeah, for multiple reasons. Doctor Doom. One, it's it's absurd. Well, it's not Doctor Doom. It's Doctor Doom. That's why I said Doctor Doom. Oh, I thought you said Doctor Doom. But it's it's an absurd cover. Number one. Number two. The colors really mesh well here. Mm-hmm. I'm normally not a guy that norm- that notices colors, but there's a you know there's there's a. A something happening. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it in art, but it works well. It's all going together. The colors really tie the room together, as the dude would say. But uh, and then yeah, it's just the first Spider. What do you think of the uh, the one that predates this one, which is Marvel Tales T A I L S? With the you got uh, Captain America and Hulk Bunny and Spidey on it. That came out before this in the eighties. Absolutely, did it was a one shot. I don't remember that. I always thought this was the first one. Tom DeFalco wrote it, and then that. Issue was so popular, it spun off when they started Star Comics. He gave uh, Spider-Ham his own book. This is yeah. so uh, This is so messed up because even the uh, whatever number Earth this is, the, right. the Spider-Ham universe, has its own variants now. <laughs> that That's how far things have drifted. Yeah. My God, I remember, I remember when there was just one Spider-Ham. What's uh, the little we bunny's name there? Uh, I don't remember. Because these... These people, well, there's J. Jonah Jackal. That's J. Jonah Jackal. But he has little friends who I never can remember their names because they're not really all that important to the story when it comes to Well, then that won't be a spider history question or a spider Jeopardy question then. This is before before Ham started doing coke and had to go into rehab. (laughs) Jesus, JR. Behind the behind the behind the panels. Behind the panels with with J.R. Fettinger. All right. I, that's a uh, that's a John Mulaney uh, riff, but anyway, number sixteen. Oh, of course. Why didn't I think of that one? Yeah, uh, this is my. Yeah. This is probably actually, even though obviously I've already blown my number one uh, from earlier, but uh, this would this would probably be my number one favorite Ditko cover. I just like that that I put number one in there just because the you know the sinister six is on it, but uh, but I always like this one. I ASM hate, 33. I hated that in Homecoming, this one was ruined by replacing mm, yeah. Uncle Ben with Tony Stark. But, I mean, that was only one so of beautiful. the trillions of sins that movie had. Uh, let's see. Number 15. 15 huh. was this one from Gang War. Now, you look at this for the you know on its face and say, like, well, this isn't really that remarkable. But the reason I included it is because of what it says about Spider-Man in a way that people probably don't recognize. So you've got Spider-Man tackling the villain here, right? Yeah. He's tied up. Villain's tied up. And then he's looking down on some stuff that he can't stop. Can't be yeah. two places at once. Yeah. That's, the, that's one of the curses of being a superhero. You can only do one thing, and you you know you're not Superman, as uh, as Aunt May told him, the Rosemary Harris Aunt May told him one time. You know you can't do you can't be ever at once. You're not Superman. So what what issue is that? That's Amazing Spider-Man two eighty five. ASM two eighty six. Eighty six. Okay. This was when the Rose killed a guy, killed a cop. Yeah. 
And um, after, you know, having many issues where he's already had people killed. Mm-hmm. But they were people that worked for his father, so it's okay. Murder's okay <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. But then he killed a rookie cop, as the issue explains. And then suddenly him and his girlfriend are sitting there all worried. And I'm like, dude, you've already killed so many people. Yeah, it's bad. You killed a cop. You can't come back from that. But you were I feel like your hands were red already. You know? Yep. But... Um, it's also interesting because Spider-Man didn't actually see him shoot the cop in the issue. Mm. Spider-Man was uh, busy putting out a fire, which they didn't put on a cover, which might have made it even more interesting. Like if one of those buildings was just engulfed in flames. You know? Anyway, so that was that was my choice, number 15. Uh, number 13. Oh, yeah. That was close on mine. Yeah, I love that one. First appearance of the Sinister Syndicate. This was a two-parter in 280 and 281. That was just awesome. Oh, I agree. And just chock full of action. We covered it on... Did it take uh, place inside of an amusement park? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. We covered it on uh, Friday Night Fights at one point. I remember that came out in the summer of, like, what does that say, 86? Yeah. Sixth grade. I I read that thing so many times as a kid. And this this was one of those... uh, instances of uh you know when when sandman was becoming a uh maybe not a a good guy but you know more of an anti-hero maybe check out fred fred's on the cover good old fred poor dead fred all right poor dead fred (laughs) that's what my my mom says that that's i i picked it up from my mom like uh whenever we listen you know whenever we're listening to her music and roy orbison will come on the radio or whatever yeah or on her playlist mom says poor dead roy (laughs) <laughs> so we just we you know we just do it on people that are dead anyone oh, is, dead. That, is that sinatra oh yeah poor dead frank <laughs> poor dead frank <laughs> all right so that's my number 14 choice love that that was a good choice number 13 is oh there you another go duplicate 258 and i like this because we're uh we, we were about to say goodbye to the symbiote costume and i was okay with that i was like yeah this was fun i let's go back to red and red and name and uh but then it was interesting because like right after you know like he got rid of the costume remember and then it, the costume came back and then he had reed you know in the fantastic four get it off of him and they kept it in a test tube yep that it couldn't get out of for the longest time then it was inter- it was more interesting as a symbiote than it was as a venom i think you know just this past week they did a what if uh and it took place after this where the symbiote got out of the little jar and the fantastic four and it went on ben Grimm. And I haven't read it, but uh, that's a neat what if concept. What if the symbiote it's, got it's it's the derivative? Thing. They've already done it before. They did it with the Hulk. It's been done. It's been yeah. done. The, the symbiote getting on another hero. Yeah, we get it. It's been done. You know, I so I it's it's un- to me that's that's kind of unoriginal. The one time I liked it though was the what if where the Punisher got it because to no, me yeah. that made sense. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. two were, were were born for each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That made sense. So. Mm-hmm. Plus, he'd never run out of bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd always have symbiote juice. you imagine the bullets just coming back to Frank <laughs> after he kills them all? Yeah. All right, let's, talk, let's stop talking about Venom. All right. Okay. <laughs> Number 12. Number 174. Uh, Ross Andrew. And funny because, you know, it's got the Punisher on it. But this one, I just like, I like everything about this. This from, yeah. just reminds me, you know, that like, um, kind of, you know, in that book, How to Draw the Marvel Way, remember? Mm-hmm. They, they talked, yeah, they talked a lot about perspective and this isn't coming looking down from the corner of the room or anything, but it's got a lot going on. What you is know, your number? 
This is ASM 174. Okay. You've got the hitman about to put one in, in Jonah's brain pan. Yeah. And Jonah, <laughs> honestly, Jonah's probably got it coming. <laughs> but then the Punisher's jumping through the window with a machine gun, and he and the hitman were like old pals, mm-hmm. back war buddies back in the day. And now they're they're on opposite sides. And then you got Spider Man, and they're ready to slap a bitch as well. He's got the hand ready right there, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's already got the hand out. He's like, I. <laughs> I'm handing out bitch slaps for free. Step right, step right up. You got them right here. It's a big old bag of bitch slap. <laughs> All right. So next up, I have number 11. Oh, this uh, was Mark Brooks. This is the only variant I have in here. And the issue reason is that this was Nick Spencer's first issue. Oh, okay. I can't remember a volume. I can't remember. Is it volume five, five six, number one? Whatever. I think it's volume five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number one. And the reason it's one of my favorites is because it is a throwback to like Norman Rock, Norman mm-hmm. Rockwell. Oh, yeah. That does look Rockwellish. Yeah. Also, this is something that uh, Shy Town Spidey sent me. Oh, cool. Cool. It's a good one. So I put it up here just because it's a it's a favorite of Mark mine. Brooks has um speaking of variants, he's got uh corner box art variants coming out uh on covers that look really good. But he's a good and artist. There, and there's a couple of versions of this art. There's one with like a different background where it's like just sketches of Peter and Mary Jane. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh all right. So let's go on to number ten. Oh yeah. Amazing Spider Man one. Where you showed up uh, where he shows up in his own book. After his first appearance, and with the Fantastic Four, who are his, you know, perennially his friends, until you know his friends are written out of character, and then suddenly they're at odds. Uh, <coughs> I don't want to. I don't want to mention that, names. And that's that not <coughs> that's not Kirby. That's Ditko, right? Yeah, that's Ditko. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's uh that's number ten. Number nine. Ah, yeah, boy. Is of course Secret mm. Wars. Uh, number three, um, <laughs> I think it was uh, Winnipeg Webhead earlier who had said, hey, he's like, I bet Secret Wars number three is in George's list. And I saw that and I was like, well, yeah, if you know me, you know me, I, I like this issue uh, where Spider-Man shows up, Just called it. <laughs> here's here's the X-Men plotting to, uh, you know, break away from the heroes and join Magneto to form their own third faction and then jumps in and just starts beating ass. First thing he does is jump down and bitch slap uh, Professor X to put him down for, you know, a couple minutes so he can. He's even on the cover down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's after uh, he got bitch slapped by Spider-Man. You know, (laughs) And I remember this fight because, you know, all the X-Men are saying things like, oh, my God, he's just so incredible. You know, he's fast. He's he's so overwhelming. You know, it's like it's just it's it's truth. It's filled with truth, Brad, is what it is. (laughs) Actually, the part I liked the best was uh, I think Nightcrawler said, I'll get him. I'm as fast as he is. And then Spider-Man just swats him and says, not on the best day of your life. He also he also swatted Wolverine away like Wolverine did anything. Wolverine even talks about later. He's like, dude, he just made us look like losers. (laughs) (laughs) We fight the juggernaut and this guy just took us down. Of course, that guy also took down the you know juggernaut, but that's a that's a different story. All right, so number eight. Web oh, Spider-Man you know what? I, I I regret not putting that on mine. That's a classic one. I think Web that's I, I think that's the best cover representation of the of the black suit. It's that's a good one, man. Mm-hmm. Charles Vess. Charles Vess, and then later on they had that that fold out pinup that Vess did with Spider Man, Black Hat, and Hobgoblin. 
Yeah, that was in the 30th anniversary, if I remember correctly. That yeah, was, that those was are so some prints good. that they made with Vest. Charles, oh, that's so beautiful. All right, so next up, we'll go to number seven. And oh, we yeah. got our pal, our pal Sal, uh, <laughs> and a story where Spider-Man kicked the living shit out of the rhino. <laughs> was it one of those things where, like, you know, you can see teeth coming out in the panel, you know? Yeah. But this was a really good story where um, um, Harry had this was back when harry was you know going nuts and you know before harry died and uh he had uh i think he had hired rhino but i can't remember if he hired him as harry or hired him as green goblin hired him as green goblin did he okay mm-hmm. to go after and kill peter parker yeah and then spider-man's like well i'm not gonna have somebody mess with peter parker so spider-man goes after rhino and then just he beats him to a point where you almost feel bad for the rhino but then you remember Rhino took money to end somebody's life, and you're like, ah, no, hit him a couple more times. Kick what him in the, the ribs. What does the text say? The Rhino doesn't want to kill Spider-Man, but before they're through, the wall crawler will wish he had. Well, which is funny because, I mean, Rhino gets some good hits in, but Spider-Man cleans his clock. Like, really lays him out. To the point where, like, you know, Rhino's like, enough, enough, I'm dead already. <laughs> doesn't this kind of end with you can't see them because they're both in a pit or whatever they're both in a hole and then like spider-man just decides to give him a couple of slugs just for shits and grins you know you don't you don't see them but you see spider-man saying you should have thought about peter parker's family or something like that and he just he just hauls off and hits him another couple of he times. does he does nice. And it's uh, it's it's one of those moments you know where spider-man goes up against somebody he can he can literally just let loose on and not worry about hurting too bad. So, yeah, Joey Z, Spider-Man beat him like he owed him, owed him money. That's right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Oh, s- Josh says that Rhino didn't land any hits on Spider-Man, not in costume anyway. That's interesting. I th- I thought he charged at him and, and kind of like sidetracked him at one point. But, oh. yeah, he may- Josh may be right. Uh, this is uh, the, It's more one-sided, definitely, than the cover would, uh, would let on. Yep. All right. So, number six. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. boy! Spider-Man cool. two forty-five, and of course you see this, and you know, and and you're on on the on the newsstand for the first time, and you're like, oh my god, it's happening! Yep, you're like that nope. if you know, oh, it's happening, it's happening, right? <laughs> and but no, uh, well, I mean, it did, but it didn't, you know. Refresh me, is, what what happened when he? Who's was this a dream issue? No, no, he he what beat Hobgoblin, and then find out he comes to find out that it's Lefty Donovan in the suit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Lefty Donovan's trying to explain to him, no, you know, it's I, I'm not him. Yeah. All right. So, and then later on, a uh, hobgoblin killed Lefty Donovan, I believe. Jr. Do you remember what issue that was? Uh yeah. I mean, uh, it was uh, he. Um, that's where the you didn't see Donovan's face ever. You know, I mean, because uh, but the, the hobgoblin set him up to uh, play uh, fool around with Osborne's chemicals because. Uh, King, or well, Kingsley, it was Kingsley, but the hobgoblin didn't want to recreate the insanity, yeah, of the goblin formula. That's and, why he uh, just wanted the notes, yeah. And uh, so he set Donovan up as a guinea pig. And then, uh, when, when Spider Man was beating his ass, uh, the hobgoblin, I mean, uh, Kingsley blew, blew him up remotely, blew up the glider and, and him with it. So, if memory yeah. serves, wasn't Lefty the one that discovered the layer of Norman in 238? And no, that was Georgie. Oh, Georgie, well, it was Georgie. Okay, what Georgie lefty? the thug? Well, That's who right. was Lefty? 
he was a dupe that Kingsley used to test the formula on. Oh, okay. you know, he had he had <laughs> him follow he had him follow Osborne's notes to duplicate the goblin formula, but uh, the uh, the hobgoblin wanted to test it on somebody first because he didn't want to he didn't want to uh, get the insanity that yeah. allegedly the formula gave Norman. I like Romita style, Romita Junior style, but I really like that Romita Junior style a lot. Back in the early eighties, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, love that. B- before he like uh, completely changed his style, he changed his style right when he got around Daredevil, in my opinion. And um, both I like a lot, but that style, oh, so classic. All right, so let's go next to number five. Oh, of course, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. And uh, no surprise, I have a lot of Hobgoblin stuff in here. He wore an ascot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, ASM-239, right? Yeah, I just like him because Hobgoblin looks cool right there. And I think he looks even cooler because, you know, the backdrop is just his face. Yep. Like that. But obviously, you know, he's throwing throwing bombs, being, uh, being goblin-y, and Spider-Man's like, oh, God, not this shit again. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that... Uh, George's favorite goblin is Hobgoblin, and Jerry's oh, is green. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've been on record with that, saying you know I I've always thought Norman should still be dead. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, continue on to number four. Another one that Brad yep. had. Two thirty-eight. Classic. This, this was the first time we actually really see Hobgoblin. Uh, you get that one off the newsstand and get the stickers, and or did you I leave did the tattoos in. I did. I did. I wasn't big on. Like, like gimmicky stuff, like I, even as a kid, you know, like uh, I'd see like uh, stuff in magazines. I wouldn't feel compelled to just tear it out. Yeah. You know, I actually had enough control to be like, ah, this is, I don't need this. I mean, and I, I had I to get, them. I had to try those tattoos out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really like putting stuff on me like uh, temporary tattoos or crap like that. I, or, like I wasn't like, if you took me to like the state fair, I'm not the kid that's going to get his face painted like a tiger. <laughs> Right. I'll look at other kids and be like, do you also eat the glue? <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm glad I'm not you. Right. I probably offended a lot of people in chat who got the, their faces painted as kids. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying me personally, I'd have done one time, one time, Brad, and you'll like this uh, for Halloween. Uh, my grandmother, I believe it was my mom's mom, painted my face green to be the Hulk. Okay. And I was so uncomfortable underneath this paint, and it wasn't like grease paint. It was like I don't know, it was something else. It it was, and it was it was too thick, and it cracked and stuff, and it was just my skin couldn't breathe, and I was like, I want to be dead, and I was only I think like <laughs> eight or something. I mean, um, but I like uh, after that, I never got my face painted again. Chad Winnipeg says stuff George doesn't like on him: face paint, tattoos, and hoodies. I'll burn the hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> Joey, he says George didn't rip out pages from his comics he just drew dinosaurs in them <laughs> well i didn't I, I didn't rip uh pages out of um that uh one of the what was that amazing family number one amazing spider-man family number one which had uh which was like stories that they had in there and you could still see a married spider-man and i was like oh i checked this out but then they printed part of like a brand new day story in there and i opened up the staples and carefully <laughs> removed the pages <laughs> And then folded them together and mailed them back to Steve Wacker and said there was a publishing error <laughs> with my with my amazing family number one. Somehow these uh, uh you know these uh crap subpar yeah. brand reverse pages got in there. So here you go. 
Just thought you might want to be aware of the printing error. <laughs> and then later on, he accused me of ripping, uh, ripping the pages out and everything. I was like, that's bullshit. And I used to have pictures up on the uh, uh, Crawl Space message board after I'd removed them. They were very neatly you know, taken out yeah. and stapled back together you know, and, <laughs> and folded up. All right. We're at the top three of George's list. Ah, there uh, so this was the uh, this was not the first Degron cover, but number one, it's a it's a rare Christmas cover because mm-hmm. they don't really cover Christmas a lot in the books. Um, ASM what one sixty one sixty six. Okay, you've got the lizard coming at him from one side, and then Stegron coming at him from another side. And uh, you know, this is one of my favorite stories. You know, this is the one with Stegron's meat gun. <laughs> this is this is like you know this is like the apex of storytelling back in the day for George. For oh the new God, listeners, what did man? that meat gun? What tell them what the meat gun did? Tell them about that. So Stegron developed a meat gun <laughs> that he could. He didn't call it a meat gun. He called it something else, which I have forgotten. But it was at one time a Spider Jeopardy question. But he uh, he developed a uh, what I call the meat gun because he could shoot it at dinosaur bones and they would reanimate. They would grow tissue back yep. and reanimate. He basically resurrected dinosaurs with this gun. With his gun, I, yeah. And I called it the meat gun because it was literally like he was putting meat back on their bones. <laughs> it's just fun to say, and it's just fun to say meat gun. The meat gun. Puny humans, I have the meat gun. And I also go to Arby's because we have the meats. <laughs> Funny story, um, if you have if you have the Arby's app, by the way, <laughs> this like the last <laughs> like the last uh, week and a half. Well, I say about a half week ago, Arby's was doing this thing to the app where they had uh, one dollar, two dollar, three dollar meals. You could get you know that that uh, French dip sandwich they have, Jomo. Yeah, for three bucks. And no. so I was getting like uh, like the oju, and then I would get like a like a classic roast beef for like uh, two bucks. I'd spend like five bucks, then maybe get some crinkle fries. I was doing that every day for like a week and a half. Oh, that's not healthy. And then it I, ended it ended in the app, and probably saved my life. Thank God. You know, <laughs> I like to get the half pound quarter beef and cheddar. You're you're decadent son of a bitch, Jomo. I mean, that takes at least a whole roll of paper towels in a shower. To get- <laughs> it, it does. It does because that cheese, that cheese is everywhere. Oh my god! It, you can't oh. contain the cheese, and if you put Arby's on Arby sauce on it, God help your soul, and, you're going to have both of them coming at you. And after your body digests that, oh, anyway, we're grossing people out. If yeah. you if you take a bite out of Arby's with Arby sauce, if you if it doesn't bleed into your beard immediately after, you've done something wrong. <laughs> and I don't even have a beard. <laughs> All right. Stegron's so, Arby's meat gun. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> they need it. They do. They need a crossover. If we've got the meats, who's the guy we've with the got meat the gun? Meat. You know, hairless apes. <laughs> and um, but now they've got this thing where it's like they don't have the the uh, one dollar, two dollar, three dollar anymore. They got like two for seven now. Have you seen this demo? The two for seven. I have. I remember back in the day when it was five for five five fifty five. I remember what was that. I go there now and I get like uh, like two of the of the classic beef and cheddars. They are, there's oh. not much meat in them anymore. There's not, but there's two of them. And they're only, know, seven, but... <laughs> uh, only seven bucks. You can still afford some quick fries, come home and just have a big party with you, with, you know, you and the, the, and the sandwiches. The meat sweats. <laughs> meat sweats. Here, let's, let's, let's hear JR's thoughts on Arby's. <laughs> I like Arby's. I do too. <laughs> I do. I like the king-sized roast beef. And George is right. I, uh, 
I learned my lesson that I only use one Arby sauce pack because uh, when I use more than one, oh yeah, definitely, I've got a problem. Ah, uh, the revitalization ray is what Hornacek says. Yeah, but that's oh. not what he called it in the comic. Oh, okay. He had a different name for it in the actual book. This, this has become twenty-five top <laughs> Arby's quarters. <laughs> Listen, Arby's is legit. Arby's is what is, what is Arby's, Milo? Really? Okay, know. so they're a fast food chain, Milo, in the U.S., sort of like McDonald's yeah. or Wendy's, but they serve primarily stuff with roast beef on it. Yeah. They have a couple of other specialty items, like uh, they do their own French dip, which is roast beef with, uh, I think it's Swiss cheese on like a like a long <laughs> hoagie kind of a roll, and you dip it into the oju, and then you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Hornacek, tonight's episode brought to you by Arby's. Winnipeg, this is why I tune into the show for the crew to review Harvey. Thomas to Arby. says, uh, Stegron's voice shall be played by Ving Rhames. <laughs> I'd accept Ving Rhames as a voice for Stegron. Absolutely. I, I'm down with that. I think that's yeah. kind of fun. <laughs> I want to hear him do Stegron and then do lines from Pulp Fiction. Uh, Stegron takes over the world one Arby's at a time. <laughs> you hear me, hillbilly? That's a, we need, we need a Stegron hillbilly story. All right. Oh my God. Stegron fiction. All right. Uh, <laughs> so slide two. No, hold on. McNulty. It is not. He says, think subway, but with emphasis on the beef, that's an insult to Arby's subway is not. Yeah. That because you can't, you can't go. Yeah. Subway's subway just had not that good. thing where like the government was after him and like, you know, you really ought not to call your bread bread because it's not technically. <laughs> and after that, after that whole thing and, and or their, their tuna is not tuna either, I think, or something. Yeah. I'm out dog. <laughs> I'm like, no, I want to go in and be able to know that the fixins I'm getting are actual <laughs> fixins or part of the sandwich. Oh, no, this is actually a plant-based bread. F that. <laughs> I don't want you unbelievable, spent, impossible bread. You just you spent know? five minutes on Arby's. I love it. <laughs> well, listen, some things need to be talked about when they get brought up. Arby's it all started with meat gun. That's how we went. Yeah. Okay. I need Number a, two. I need an Arby's meat gun. All right. <laughs> So I could just aim at the empty wrapper and make myself. Oh, an and you could regenerate your sandwiches. You could. Yeah. You, oh, man. Oh, on the bad side, you couldn't regenerate your Arby's sauce. Need another that's gun the, for that. That's the big you need problem. an Arby's sauce gun. Yeah, like a grease gun. No, right, in, in, in the shape of like a mustard or a ketchup bottle. <laughs> it just makes more Arby's sauce. And then you just got Arby's sauce for days. <laughs> All right. We, we, need to, we, we need to move on. All right. <laughs> So here's my second pick. Yeah. Oh, Frank Miller. Oh, sorry. Oh, Hang on. there's your number one. A oh. ASM annual number 15. Yeah. Spider-Man versus the Punisher. And then Dr. Octopus is reading the book with, while, uh, while drinking a cup of coffee. That's a great one. I just always like, I just always like the cover because of how much is going on on it. Number one, Spider-Man versus Punisher. What? I have to know about this. What's going on? And then there's Dr. Octopus just casually reading it. Sipping his coffee, mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, I wonder if somebody died." That would, uh, well, that'd be a shame. Let's see. Didymus says this is our first Doc Ock cover between the three of us. Interesting. I, I, there's I there were I um nineteen eighties new suit new uh, Korean dictator suit Doctor Octopus almost made it on my list. Yeah, but then I decided I need to keep this about Spider Man. I almost did the web number four where Spider yes. it's a burn cover with the, mm-hmm. the arms hitting them. I almost did that one. I yeah, that, that was one. a good one. But yeah. I was like, you know, I need to keep this because uh, I almost did just the Doc Ock 
cover solo just because it was just him on it. And then I was like, no, I need to keep it Spider-Man related and focused. Unlike other people who didn't (laughs) understand. Now look at this one of Norman. Look at this one with Humberto Ramos and Mary Jane Scanley clad on a wall. (laughs) All right. So my number one pick. I'm, I'm surprised with this one, George. Well, because I ASM mean, annual number one, Steve Ditko. Now, Ditko is not my favorite Spider-Man yeah, artist. That's why I'm I, surprised. I, I don't hate Ditko's work on ASM. It's just I, there's other people I I liked more, like uh, Romita. You know, Romita Senior. I love yeah. Romita Senior. For me, he is the definitive, um, foundational Spider-Man artist. Because for me, the Ditko Spider-Man now, and there's I, I'm not, and again, this is no attack on Steve Ditko. I've never meant this as any kind of attack on Ditko. I have. Nothing but respect for Ditko. I love Ditko's Doctor Strange. But I'll defend Ditko on the point that he was drawing like a 15-year-old kid who's having to develop into a larger, muscular person later on in life. And I think that they actually transitioned that pretty well. Because when Spider-Man is here fighting the Sinister Six, he's not the 10-ton Spider-Man that he would grow up to be. But um, I did like this annual. Um, The annual uh, was compelling. Um... All of the fights in this, interestingly, were like a splash page. Mm-hmm. Like was, uh, he, yeah. he would he would show up at where somebody was hiding, beat their ass in one page, and then leave. That's one of the reasons why I asked for you to do this on Fight Club, and you were like, "Well, it's just a big splash. It's not an." I, I can't fight. I can't talk about it in yeah. in Fight Club because there's not enough fighting going on. Literally, he shows up. He's like, "Oh, Vulture, crack! All right, bitch, ne- who's next? <laughs> Go off, run, find somebody else. Boom, they're down. Who's next?" You know. and, and this was a story was redone in a one of those great Marvel Treasury editions. So the splash pages were, you know, be, they're almost like poster size, uh, every one of them. So, yeah, they were like pinups in there, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, yeah, I always just liked that. His first appearance of the Sinister Six, which uh, honestly, and let's let, I mean, let's call it out for what it is. A lot of times the Sinister Six since then hasn't really been used to good effect or even done correctly, really. Or it didn't really make sense why they're Or it didn't make, it was like somebody just wanted to write a Sinister Six story. They didn't have have a story, you know, a a firm foundation to build off of. They just wanted to draw some shit and have people say things. And David Michelinie back in the 90s when he brought them back together. Well, now, I'll I'll just, who was it? Was it, was it Michelinie or Larson during their story who like, it actually had a story where they were going to like, I think they were trying to like hijack the space shuttle. It was Michelin. I think it was Michelinie because it was a twice during the summer biweekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why. And I think they replaced it with Hob- who? Who came back to replace Craven? Was it Hobgoblin? It was Hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember at the time there was that controversy, and Hulk fans got all pissy mm. uh, because and, that was Larson, and they had right to be pissy. I'll, I'll give him that. It was like, yeah, you, you guys are right. Your 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 boy was done dirty, and that was well, when Doctor Octopus. Handled, well, he had adamantium arms. Easily, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's still a Hulk. Yeah, you know, and so I I get that. You know, I I a lot of so for those of you who don't know, what we're talking about there was a period. Uh, this happened back in the nineties. Eric adju- Larson took over Spider Man for a while after McFarlane left. An adjective yeah. was like like Spider Man twenty six or something. I think. And and I didn't mind Larson's art. Like I I was a fan of Larson's Savage Dragon back then. Yeah. Um. But the I I didn't like the way he he drew Mary Jane. A lot of times Mary Jane's hair was too big, and it was almost like yeah. is that Mary Jane or Starfire, where her hair is turning <laughs> into fire behind her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And um, she was always a pinup. 
always yeah. in lingerie or just mm-hmm. like uh, back when Michelini was writing her and, and every issue she, ch- that was just a Mary Jane being around when she would be in bed in lingerie. Yeah. And I, I didn't like that so much that during those years, but um, he, he had uh, Dr. Octopus kicking the shit out of the Hulk with, uh, yeah, with, as Brad said, they're adamantium arms, but at the same yeah. time, it's still the Hulk. Hulk gets stronger as he gets madder. Brad, you should know this. Yeah, all um, the Hulk would have to do would be like to kick Doc Ock once in the, and he's done. Yeah, like, I, I'm just know. like, yeah, I just don't, uh, I, I'm not buying this, you know? Yeah. And a lot of a lot of Hulk fans got mad. This was a lot like when, uh, this was a lot like when Spider-Man kicked the shit out of the X-Men and Secret Wars number three, except that one, they didn't really have a counter against that. Spider-Man is just that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of Hulk fans were mad about this. And then so Peter David... Uh, equalize the scales uh, with, uh, I think, with Fix-It Hulk. I think the next time we saw Dr. Octopus and Hulk, it was Fix-It Hulk, and Fix-It Hulk just wrecked Dr. Octopus. Like, I think he tied him up in his arms and then, like, bat, like kicked him out or something. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think I remember that, yeah. yeah. But I th- that was Peter David's answer to that. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I appreciate that there was some kind of, you know, effort, you know, made uh, to fight back against that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in- interesting little side story uh, yeah. between Spider-Man and Hulk. Anyway, that was a good list. Is there anybody uh, that isn't on the list that you thought as an artist should be? The one that I thought, it came kind of close for me. I'm going to take this up. So we see I, I didn't have, I, after I came up with it, I, the only Bermuda Senior thing I had was Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 3. Yeah. And, or at least I think. And, you know, that, that was surprising to me. Um, oh wait, me, no. I, I think he did the no. Human Fly was like uh, Gil Kane or Ross Andrew. I don't remember. Alex Savick wasn't on my list. He's one of my favorites. I almost did ASM forty two, where Mary Jane's uh, got Jim Salakrop taking a picture of her. That almost came there, but it wasn't really too Spider Man related. Uh, but uh, Alex Savick's one of my all time favorites. <coughs> there, yes, Didymus. I was just going to say this. Mark Bagley is not on any of our lists. I don't remember Mark Bagley on any of ours. And well, Mark Bagley's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I like Bagley's art, but you know most of Bagley's covers, uh, I think it's safe to say, come from Ultimate Spider-Man. What the hell do I give a care about Ultimate Spider-Man? <clears throat> yeah, I, I actually looked through some of the Ultimate Comics uh, covers, and I couldn't do it. They weren't my favorites. Jonathan says ASM 500 was a great cover. That was a J. Scott Campbell. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, a lot of what goes what makes a great cover, Brad, is the context in which it's, uh, you know... <laughs> Like I said, a lot of them are emotional things for me, and you too also, I imagine, the, the emotions oh, yeah. that you had when you see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a single cover from Chris ba- Bacciallo. Yeah, whatever, Josh. <laughs> uh, Thomas says, yeah, Peter David did a lot of fixes continuity-wise. Um, if you haven't read that Joe Fix-It miniseries that Peter David did with uh, Grey Hulk and Spidey in Vegas, uh, you, you'd like this one, George. Uh, the Kingpin tries to take over Vegas. I like it's a, all. It's a good one. I like uh, all the fix-it stuff from back in the day that Peter David did. Is this something more recent that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's 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 his latest one before he went to the hospital. No. Uh, it's just a five-issue miniseries. Really good. Uh, Milo, thank you for the super chat. I enjoyed this a lot. Maybe next time do a 25 best Spider-Man stories and happy anniversary. Thanks for the amazing content. Thank you, Milo. Milo. The well, oh, see, nice. Brad, the, the reason that that thing probably went right by my radar, right? Yeah, it's new. That's it's, why. <laughs> well, no. It, well, here's the thing, and this is why I don't really give any consideration to new stuff. Yeah. Historically, for me, when Spider-Man is bad enough to be the 
you know, to be at the point of unreadable, like it is now. Um, I don't just drop Spider-Man. I drop everything. I just stop reading comics because, like, it's like everything just has a bad taste in my mouth now. Yeah. You know, like uh, when Spider-Man's bad, it's like, uh, why, why? It's almost like, a, you know, why, why keep on living? You know, if Spider-Man sucks, what, what's the, what's the, <laughs> why, 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 why read why comics? comics? Yeah. yeah, why? So why I, read comics? So my, my enjoyment of comics as a whole is actually tied to if, you know, I'm enjoying Spider-Man at any given moment. And if Spider-Man sucks, then I'm kind of at a place where, and then I'll, I'll, I'll hear you guys talking about, you know, satellite stuff and then other people bringing up what's happening in other books, you know, while we do the regular shows. And then I'm like, well, that's stupid. What the hell? What what's going on? <laughs> Who's running this damn thing? I want answers. I, we need accountability. You know. Yeah. So that's that's you know why I probably didn't even uh, know about that one. Thomas says there's not many covers during JMS or Paul Jenkins run. Um, Jenkins it's, during Jenkins run it was Mark Buckingham, yeah. who's yeah. a fine artist, but I can't remember any particularly memorable. Yeah, I was never a Bucky fan. I mean, you know, didn't dislike him, but I it just wasn't my speed, you know. Yeah. So I like uh, liking him. Just Jr. Any shocks that the uh, surprise that you didn't see you made the list of anything? I, w- I was shocked he had a Ramos cover. I like Ramos. I was too. That shocked me. One of the biggest things tonight. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, couple things I want to show you. Um, let's see. Let me pop this. Whoa, up. whoa, 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 whoa. What? This this family show, it is okay. And uh, on Saturday at seven o'clock central, we are going to take live callers. If you've wanted to be on the crawl space, now's your chance. You can talk to these. Uh, George just confirmed he's coming Saturday night, so that's good. So George will, will be with us. I will be here Saturday night. Please have, uh, please do some pre-checks on any microphone you're using. Yep, that's true. And 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 you know maybe don't have your bandwidth getting sucked away by Netflix or streaming <laughs> while you're trying to talk to us so that you know you have a stable internet connection. That's true. So uh, what you're going to do, I'm going to provide a link to StreamYard, and you can click it, and you can be in the little windows with us and ask a question, ask a, uh, have a question ready for us, and we will ask it. The panel uh, on Saturday will include me. JR, George, Sarah, and Kelly will join us on Saturday night. So you can have a chance to ask questions to any of those folks, and uh, we will answer it. So the 25th anniversary live callers. It's always good to, I'll probably ask you some questions about how long you've been listening to the crawl space. Uh, what were you doing 25 years ago? If you're like Josh, Winnipeg Webhead, he was negative five or whatever he was. <laughs> so it's, Weird to think that we've been around uh, longer than some people have been alive that actually watch this show. And if you're from a foreign country, I will ask you if you are a fan of a particular singer from that country. Yes, um, Sweden and the ABBA, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Winnipeg Webhead, uh, he is a member on YouTube. And this is he's been a member for 25 months, so you get a little icon on YouTube. Uh, he says, that was awesome. Happy 25th. So you can sign Spider emojis in the chat if you want to do that. So, yeah, uh, this Saturday, 7 o'clock, our live callers. I'm not sure we did live callers last year. I don't think we I did. Think, I think it's been a minute. I, I save it generally for special anniversaries where we do the live callers. But It's uh, been a while. It has been a fat minute. So I am almost halfway done with Spider Jeopardy now at this point. Oh, my gosh. That's coming up in November. We always yeah. do it in November. Uh, the other thing, uh, well, <laughs> Milo says, will JR take people on the list? Um, <laughs> uh, 
he he may put more people on the list after that uh, live caller show on Saturday night. So if you are if you are on Jr's list, you don't get off of it. This is a PSA. All right, if you are on Jr's <laughs> list, it's it's probably better that you you know that you stay off the grid. <laughs> that, you're, that you're laying low or on the, the land. Get the Ethernet cable and just pull it out because JR can't get to you. <laughs> because if you call in to JR, there's a, yeah. a much larger chance that he'll find you eventually. And I'm going to do a little. People are wondering how we're going to do this. Uh, to join the thing, there's a little URL, and I'm going to uh, clip it at the top of the YouTube channel, and you just click it. That's how I'm going to do it this year. And I can put 10 cameras down here, and I'm just going to add you one at a time. So some of you will wait in the green room, as we call it. And But if you click on the little URL, who knows who's going to show up? So I'm just going to have the URL ready for you to click on it. And remember, if JR has to come find you, he's bringing an ass whooping with him. <laughs> and um, the other thing I want to share, because, oh, man, these look good, don't they? Just <laughs> oh. Just for the, people, for the people that were wondering what Arby's are, this is Arby's right here. Look at these sandwiches. Look at these sandwiches, boy. I mean, this oh, is just, Google, just Google image search Arby's. Uh, oof. This makes me want to be kind of like Jabba and just be up on a, some kind of day. Yeah, yeah. You know, this instead is, of reaching over for frogs. Out of a bowl, I reach over for like a you know look at these cheddar Ooh. and roast beef or a this this is the one I dip. get. This is the monster. This is the half pounder. This is so yes. good. That's yes. like your meal for a day. All the calorie content. Yeah. Anyway, oh, or as they call it, the widow maker. <laughs> hey, we're going to the heart, boys, and when it goes down to. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, chat. What else you got for me? Um. Vinkman says Sarah is triggered by Arby's. Well, she had a Whopper, so that's not Arby's. <laughs> that is not Arby's. This is good. That's food. not Arby's. Ar if they had a Spider-Man tie-in, we'd try some roast beef on the air. I'm telling you now, Burger King sucks compared to Arby's. It does I asked? I asked George. I said in on our Facebook little group. I said, George, you know, you enjoy a good burger. You should be on this episode. And George was like. That's why I never go to Burger King. I enjoy a good burger. I enjoy a good burger. Yeah. <laughs> saw, you know what? The moment I was done with Burger King was when uh, Burger King came out and they were like, you know, uh, oh, hey, we have that new impossible meat. And I was like, you're dead to me. You are so, <laughs> you're dead to me. I don't know where who they, you are. Where they I, grind up beans or something. Yeah. And call it hamburger. Yeah. And, and mm. then they were doing a test thing. And I read about this where people that ordered normal meat, you know, like no. Whoppers, they were giving them the plant stuff and not Ooh. the Whopper. And I was like, okay, well that ought to be illegal because people have, you know, very specific protein considerations exactly. yeah. about their own diets that they've made. Who the hell gives you the right to give them a damn plant and call it meat? That's like giving a person with a, a peanut allergy a, a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. right. So I was like, you know what? I, the world's better off without Burger King. Josh says if he comes on the show, he'll end up on JR's list. So you may already be on the list, Josh. You never know what JR's. Yeah. Some people um, are on the list and, and never realize it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, chat. Let's see. The but they'll realize taste. it when, when he brings the, uh, the, the ass whooping. Harrowing. Brad, what do you think of Incredible Hulk by Philip Kennedy Johnson so far? I've only read issue one. I liked it. I thought it was okay. Uh, it is much better than what predated it by Ryan Otley. And um, unfortunately, he was in an accident. 
Um, oh, Donny Cates. Donny Cates. Yeah, I've been reading the Hulk for his. I've read every Hulk issue of Incredible Hulk. And we should take a moment, since this is the first podcast we've done since that news broke, to say, hey, get better <coughs> Donny Cates. No doubt. He was in a bad car wreck. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's why he was off of Hulk and off of Thor. But uh, I just did not like that episode, uh, that, that uh, run at all. I thought it was the worst piece of Hulk history. So, Fuller, thank you for the 25th anniversary. Uh, glad you're going to join us Saturday. That'll be fun. Uh, Arby's fun fact from Hornacek. The world's largest curly fry was 38 inches long. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Probably looked more like a tapeworm than a curly fry. <laughs> and see, I used to like curly fries, but now that Arby's has the crinkle, fr- crinkle fries are the game changer. Mm-hmm. But what you got to get the good ones, though, that are really cr- curly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they bring them out and they haven't cooked them long enough. And you're like, no. uh, you know, you get home and you're like, uh, this yeah, is the good ones that are. OK, hold on. Let's look at curly fries. All right. <laughs> yeah, you show me curly fries. I'm talking about crinkle fries. Well, what's a crinkle fry? I'm talking curly. It's it's the new fry they have. It's like you know, it's it's like never a fry. Had those. It, it's well, like if you, you buy the Orida. Do you ever buy the Orida crinkle or? Yeah, it's like Orida. You know the way they're cut with like a these crinkle fries. Oh no, I'm getting curly every time, bro. Oh well, hey, more curly fries for me then. This stuff is like crack cocaine. I thought bacon I, was. <laughs> I mean, I eat I eat a lot of bacon. Wait a minute. Arby's curly fry vodka? What is that? Apparently, it's Arby's uh, Hold you know, on. curly fry flavored vodka, Brad. Like it's, In uh, the right heck? <laughs> Wait a minute. All these pop-ups. This is wow. why you get ad block. I got one, and it went through. <laughs> Arby's announced it will release limited edition crinkle fry vodka and curly fry vodka. The 80 proof bottles will be available to purchase November 18th. There you go, George. The vodka costs $60. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> what the heck? Wow. Did we not go down a if, rabbit hole? If I'm, paying, anniversary? if I'm paying 60 bucks for a bottle of vodka, it's because there's a Russian stripper pouring it into my mouth. Um, uh, Nothing can stop Arby's ads, not even ad blocker. <laughs> Apparently not. That's Brad how strong Google, Arby's is. Brad, Google something live. Take a shot of vodka curly fry. Yeah. Brad's not going to drink on camera. He's a teetotaler. And I respect But that. I don't even, I'm, I don't drink alcohol anyway. I don't like it. I, I here recently, like in the last several years, I don't really drink booze anymore. Yeah. I don't. I'll have right. a beer every now and then, maybe at a restaurant. Maybe. Final thoughts. George. On the 25th anniversary. Uh, this was more enjoyable than I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. Originally, I thought this would Thanks. be kind of a, a kick to the Tic Tacs. But, uh, wow. no, it did. Yeah, I, I, this was, uh, it was interesting. All right. JR, 25th anniversary. Was it more enjoyable than you thought it was going to suck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I was, I, what I, I was really surprised that we had very few duplications amongst yeah, the three of true. us. Um, and, uh, that we all, you know, didn't necessarily lean into what everybody else says. The classic covers are that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ones that we, you know, we just like, I mean, you know, it's like, uh, but no, 25th and Jesus, it's like 25th anniversary of the crawl space. I'm just thinking, holy cow. I was in my thirties, you know, when that started, you probably still had some hair, didn't you, Brad? Uh, I did. I, I was in college. Did. I was a junior in college then. 
Um, Josh Nelson for the super chat, the worst 25 covers. All right. We're going to oh, do 75 of them right now. for no. Josh. <laughs> The pregnant menace has got to be uh, one of them. the one with Deadpool and Spidey. Oh, oh. Uh, well that, no, the art was bad. The cover was, uh, Scotty young. I think, um, that's interior art. Probably oh, the yeah. first brand new verse issue. When then you open it up and then it's Spider-Man with a gun saying, give me your Evan money. And well, I, that's, and a I, cover. I, that's not a cover though. That's an interior. That's why I said the first issue of brand new no. verse, you know, I'm saying maybe, maybe for me, that would be the least favorite because then you turn that over and then there's that yeah. slot panel. And I was like, this is pretty much Marvel's attitude. Give us your effing money. <laughs> the story doesn't have to be good. Just do what you're told and give us money. And I pointed that. I remember I pointed that out on the message boards and, and slide. Are you got a bad one? It comes to mind. Well, I just said the pregnant menace one has got to be one of the worst. Pregnant menace. Yes. That's a good one. Um, I, I guess the Deadpool one, but that, that, well, here's the, here's the thing about a a, a worse Spider-Man covers when bad covers, Mm -hmm. you typically tend to just forget them and move on. That's true. Ah, Hornacek. That's a good one right there. He says, I was about to say Hornacek. When Spider-Man's kissing Gwen Stacy's daughter from the sins past sequel. That's right. Mm -hmm. There's a Greg land cover, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's up there. Hornacek. That's, that's really good. Oh, Milo. Yes. The rhino variants. Oh, yes. just the horn is coming through for each like well, five mm-hmm. issues. <laughs> God, yes. I, oh, be, a, hey, people bought yeah. those. Oh, yeah. There are people that bought one. every one of those. So, yep. I remember. I remember. You get what you pay for, folks. Um, Jenkins run had Carrie Andrews and Humberto Ramos on covers mostly. By the way, uh, we'll, we'll ta- maybe we'll tackle this on Spider News. It was announced that uh, Spider Man Rain 2 is coming. Gentlemen, what do you think of that? By Carrie Andrews. There's there's no bad idea they won't go back to. <laughs> and they'd probably have 10 variants and probably a Gwen variant. They're going to make it rain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's the thing. It'll sell. People are stupid enough to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. People. Will well, the first it. one wasn't even that good. I mean, I, I didn't like it wasn't. that much, to be honest. No, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the thing. It, doesn't this- to, it, it doesn't have to be good, Brad. It just has to be bought. True. <laughs> my, final thought, the story. my final thought is i hope you can join us saturday night I hope you can join us live from around the world we always like to hear people uh i listen to the crawl space on a bus in the uk going to work i like to hear this i like to hear that where are you guys listening to it now's your chance to tell us a story i think that's kind of fun there was a chat i want to pop up before i i call it uh where was it okay Thomas says, I benched the podcast for the last two months. I'm now in the 2021 episodes. Congratulations for the quarter decades of Crawl Space Entertainment. Thank you, Thomas. That's really nice that you've binged 700. I'm, I'm getting ready to release episode 800, which is uh, coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So Walt said uh, Marvel might as well do a sequel to OMD. They did that, Walt. It was called Omit. Oh, that's right. And it was every bit as bad. It, that's That's true. where we got the devil brick. Double brick. All right, everybody in chat, to my friends on the show, thank you for 25 years. It's been a blast. Uh, here's to 25 more, and we'll see JR live stream. All right. <laughs> Peace out. Before we wrap it up, I want to point you to patreon.com slash crawlspace. If you like this podcast, I guarantee you're going to like our Patreon. There's behind-the-scenes info. 
There's an exclusive Discord server. There's Crawlspace merch. There's exclusive uh, podcasts, at least 100 exclusive podcasts. Uh, specifically, the uh, Spire Satellite episodes will review at least 20 different books each and every episode. Everything from Dan Slott's book to Symbiote. So many Symbiote books. And uh, I think you'd have a good time. It also supports this, the crawl space. It makes it possible for me to pull it put out so many episodes each and every month one more time patreon.com slash crawlspace i almost forgot you get your name in front of the video streams and also you get your name read on the audio edition so without further ado let's do that we've got winnipeg webhead thanks to the following for supporting us each and every month winnipeg webhead we've got gene jr and robert scott vinkman adam annie aries austin brian craig Cyberweasel. Diabetic Superman, Frazetta Hulk, Jacob, James, Jesse, John, Josh, Kelly, Laura, Matthew, Mohammed, Noah P, Ryan, Sarah, Scott F, Scott M, Spider Mario, Will, Zach, hashtag something good for you, AJ, Anthony, Anthony L, Brandon, Datboy, Donnie, Frederick, Eskimo, Ira, Isaac, J, JB, Jared, Mark, Milo17, Mitzi86, Nick, M, Nick B, Nick C, Patrick, Rocky, Ryan, Sailor Sega, Steven, Stuart, Symbiobro, Toby, Z. Thanks to each and every one of them for signing up and supporting us at patreon.com slash crawlspace. Until next time, gang, keep on thwipping.